Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a quiz question. What's worse than Barbie and Ken? Well, how about an entitled real-life phony Barbie and Ken that ruin everyone's day at a daycare center? My toddler's shoes don't match his underwear? Heresy. So I've said in a few previous posts that I used to work in childcare and as such have a few good stories. This happened a few years ago and so some details are foggy, but I'll do my best to get the important bits across clearly. The childcare center I worked at was divided into two floors, infants and toddlers downstairs and three-year-olds and up upstairs. I was working downstairs in a toddler room when I met the entitled parents of this story. To set the stage, their childcare was subsidized, meaning that the state paid for most, if not all of it. I also knew through conversation that their housing was also subsidized. They were on food stamps, etc., etc. Basically, if there was a financial aid system active in the state, they weren't receiving it. I don't say this to disparage anyone who needs those services, but to point out the absurdity of their lifestyle. They drove a Mercedes and a BMW, both new. They wore gold and precious stones, expensive clothes, never the same outfit twice, always had fresh haircuts, and the entitled mum in particular took great pride in her long, gaudy nails. I'm not sure how they could afford all of these luxuries and still qualify for government-assisted everything, considering they were both unemployed. I suspect the entitled dad dealt illicit substances, but since I lack concrete evidence, I won't get into that. Apparently, they wanted these traits to rub off on their son, who we'll call Adam. As a two-year-old, Adam wore brand name clothes, new outfits every day, had professionally styled buzz cuts and diamond studs in his ears. The earliest story of insanity I can recall from these people was only a few days after their care started. We asked parents to have a few spare changes of clothes for our younger kids, who on occasion needed them for obvious reasons. This entitled mum was happy to oblige with several full outfits, not just pants, shirts, socks, and underwear, mind you, full outfits pants shirts socks underwear belts shoes hats accessories pretty sure we could have found the kitchen sink in there if we looked hard enough naturally him being a toddler he did what toddlers are wont to do and had an accident one morning it wasn't serious just needed some new undies and pants so we gave him just that and he went about his day being an ordinary human child however when his entitled mum came to pick him up that afternoon she took it upon herself to very loudly and forcefully educate all of us that when one piece of the outfit needs to be changed, everything changes. And that in future, she wants us to change him into whole new sets of clothes every time he needs to be changed, regardless of how minor it is. I'm sure there's more tales of toddler Adam's entitled mum to tell. Like that time she threw a torrential fit that one of his diamond earrings went missing because 
character. Toddlers will play with piercings. But I went back to working upstairs with the older kids shortly after that and wouldn't be reintroduced to the entitled mum for about another year until Adam came up and became part of my group again. And things went from mildly annoying to just kind of sad. The first thing we repeatedly tried to bring to their attention were issues with Adam's sight. He had at least one lazy eye and it was pretty severe. During each of his yearly vision screenings, held at the center for all the kids, the nurse would always recommend that he be taken to an optometrist, as the problem could be corrected since he was still young. But no, my son ain't wearing no glasses was all we ever got out of the entitled mum when we broached the issue. Because of his impaired vision, coupled with the fact that his home life consisted of sitting in front of a TV or phone all the time, he began to fall behind developmentally. There was nothing wrong with his cognitive abilities. In fact, I actually think he could be quite smart when he wanted to be. But it was just very clear that his parents saw him as nothing more than an accessory to dress up and post pictures of on Facebook. So even as a three-year-old, he just didn't care. He wouldn't engage during activities, was very unsociable, and constantly sought attention through disruptive or destructive means. He wasn't a bad kid. There's no such thing. But he had a lot of problems that his parents' negligence made worse by the day. The one point that I'll never forget was one day, one of our activities was getting all the kids in his age group to write the letters of their name in order. And while most kids were able to do at least some of it, Adam was still at a point where he didn't even know what letters were in his name. Or maybe he did, but his motivation to do anything was just non-existent. So being about as stubborn as he was, I sat with him all that afternoon going over it with him. The letters in his name and the motions to write them on paper. And I wasn't going to stop until something happened. And at some point, it did. Eventually, he was able to write a great big letter A on a piece of paper all by himself. And I'll never forget the look on his face when he realized what he'd done. It was like he instantly became a whole different kid. Not someone sitting with his arms crossed, staring blankly at the table, happy to wait until you got bored of trying to help and moved on. He was beaming ear to ear, holding the paper up to me and proudly proclaiming, A for Adam, A for Adam. After a few high fives, he was more than happy to spend the rest of that afternoon practicing his A's. And we were both excited to show his mum what a great job he did when she came to pick him up. Uh Uh-huh, that's cool, honey. Let's go. She didn't even look down from her phone. And I've never seen a kid look more disappointed since. This kind of behavior continued until their care eventually ended. I don't remember the exact reason, but they weren't kicked out or anything. And even after... One day, weeks after they were no longer with us, I answer a call from the entitled mum out of the blue, demanding her tax papers. Now, when you have a kid or kids in childcare, you get some kind of form every year to file with the rest of your taxes for something or other. I wasn't an office worker, so I don't know the details. What I do know is that we're not the ones who provide those forms, so we don't have anything for her. This answer does not appease her as she just keeps demanding over and over again that we give her her tax papers. We're withholding them, we're stealing from her, yada yada. After informing her for the sixth or seventh time that we can't help her as we don't have her tax information, she just tells me that she'll be there in 10 minutes to take them herself. Before I can even tell her not to, she's hung up. True to her word, she's in the building 10 minutes later, coming into the office and demanding that we give her those tax papers that we don't even have and threatening to get physical if we don't. 
Having had enough of her malarkey, I tell her flat out that she's no longer enrolled at this center and has no business on the premise. And it's not until I'm dialing 911 that she finally leaves. I call the non-emergency line anyway to report what happened just to be safe though. Yeah, so anyway, she was arrested for robbery and assault yesterday. So that's why I thought I'd share a few stories. Sorry, what? You can't, you can't come along out of nowhere and just say that at the end. I mean, yeah, she was a pretty crazy mother this entire time. But I thought she was just entitled. I didn't think she was actually going to get arrested. What? Uh, Goodness me. I mean, look, a truly terrible person. It's pretty clear to see. But uh, yeah, just didn't expect that ending. I've got to say, I really just feel so bad for the kid. Like, it's not his fault that he's been so badly treated. And his parents, or at least clearly his mum's lack of enthusiasm for his life in general, outside of literally just being a doll, as you said, OP, is just so sad as, as you said it's just an incredibly sad story that one moment where he saw joy in learning for the first time writing that a out after you had to toil and work hard to even get him to write the letter a at that age was was so nice to see but yeah all taken away by the negligence of an entitled parent former co-worker demands a job because she's a mother in my previous job i was a mid-level manager and i was assigned a small team to lead this team was composed of four members Three of them were very hard workers who always finished their jobs and tried to learn as much as possible. The fourth one, well, she had to be asked continuously to finish her job, often tried to make others do it, was late more often than not, would spend hours talking to others, just not doing her job and disrupting others. I often asked my boss permission to fire her, but he pitied her because she's a single mother. She is, and she's not married nor dating her kid's father, but the father and his parents live next to her and her parents and are all very much involved in the kid's life. He also forbade me from ever reprimanding her. Eventually, I was offered a better paying job and left the company. After a few months, I was offered a promotion that required me to assemble a team to lead. I could either choose from the company or bring in new people. I decided to contact the hardworking members of my old team and offered them the new job. It was a no-brainer for them. Much better pay, much better benefits, better working conditions, and the possibility of working from home most days. They were happy to land a better job together, and I was happy to have my old team back. A couple of days later, the fourth member of my old team called me. She was very angry that I didn't offer her the job, knowing that as a mother, she could use the benefits and working hours. She demanded that I hired her too, but I refused. Since I had no one forbidding me from being honest, I told her that her work ethic and performance is terrible and that hiring her would be worse for me. There were so many more things I wanted to say, but I bit my tongue. She called me some names and hung up. Later that day, I received the weirdest and most stupid call of my career. The HR manager from my former company called me. This has to be the most stupid HR manager I've met. I have so many stories of her incompetence. Apparently, after calling me, my former co-worker was angry and upset. HR noticed and asked what was wrong, and she told them. So the HR manager called me to reprimand me for making her upset, for treating my team unfairly, and demanding that I either offered her a job in my new company or apologized. I laughed, argued with her for a bit, and hung up. All right, let me just get this straight. Someone that you no longer work for, an HR department that you used to work for but you no longer have any ties to, has called you up and said, please either give one of our employees a job or apologize to them. What? I mean, I don't even know who's worse here. The woman or the HR department. 
That is ludicrous. I mean, to be fair to this HR lady, maybe she realizes how bad this entitled woman is and is just like trying whatever she can do to get her away from her company as well. I don't know. Maybe it's a clever tactic, but yeah, I thought the Karen was bad. This HR woman is just absolutely insane. Now for our second entitled people story of this episode. Another, I wanted this house, entitled parents. Almost 30 years ago, my dad retired from the army. That's important to the story. And we all moved from the barracks to an entirely different county. Not overly fun for me and my sister, because she just joined secondary school and didn't want to leave her friends behind, and I just didn't want to move again. If you're not familiar with the British army, soldiers used to get posted to places. Invariably, places like Germany, Switzerland, Cyprus, etc. It was 50-50 as to whether the whole family was posted with them, depending on how long they were away for. By the time I was eight, we'd already moved at least four times that I can remember. Anyway, the Ministry of Defense used to have old soldiers' quarters in places. And when the barracks in the areas no longer needed them, retired soldiers and families would get first dibs on the houses. Mum and dad found this house and we set about packing up again and moving again. But this time for good. Yay. About six months after we'd moved in, we'd almost made it our own and had some family friends over for dinner. We're all in the dining room. Ooh, like an actual room separate from the kitchen and living room. I know, I was amazed. I'd never seen one. Sitting to eat, and I mean all of us. Grandparents, two cars. Three sets of friends, three cars. Us, one car. So it's very obvious from the outside that the house is not empty and a lot of people are there. Dad looks up from eating and his jaw drops. There's a woman just wandering around the garden. She's sniffing the flowers, looking in windows, and generally behaving as if the house was a horse for sale, checking its metaphorical teeth. It wasn't even as if she could have just walked down the side of the house and into the back garden. She would have had to unlock and open three gates. So dad goes out with a couple of his mates. All ex-army and rugby types, big blokes, hard to miss. This woman glances at them, then continues poking around the garden and trying to get into the shed. What do you think you're doing? My dad asks. I'm looking at the garden. Bold as brass. Dad's friends reply. We see that. Why? Yeah, what are you doing here? This is my house. Get off my property. Who do you think you are? The woman shrugs. My son was going to buy this house. I want this house. I wanted to see what I could do with the garden when he buys it. My dad just stares. What do you mean when he buys it? It's not for sale. I live here. No, you don't. My son wanted to buy this house. Mate, we're going to go check on the families and call the police, say my dad's mates. You okay with her? Yeah, make sure the kids stay inside. Then he says to the woman, get the heck off my property. It's not yours, it's mine. I live here. By this point, we've opened the window to get a proper listen and mum has lost her head. Proper mama bear reaction. Her two babies are inside along with six other kids that she's known their whole lives. She flies out the door. Get the hell off my property. Get away from my husband. Get away from here. Calm down, love. It's okay. Go inside. I'll get rid of her. The woman then says, with zero sense of self-preservation, Who do you think you are? This is my house. Get away from me, you crazy fat female dog. Dad has to grab mum on the way past before she ends this woman. I don't want some unhinged woman in my house. Get off my property, says the woman. Thankfully, police arrive and escort the woman off the property telling dad to invest in locks for the gates. Dad's turn to now lose his head. He explains loudly at length to police that this woman had to unlock a few gates and then shows them how the woman got in. As they're getting her to the car, she declared that she'll get us out of her house. 
it's her son's house. She lives here. She'll get us out. Dad tells police he's pressing charges. The woman's tone then changes. Suddenly, it's not her son's house at all. She didn't mean any of it. She's very sorry. She can't be charged. I don't know what came of it in the end. Mum and dad wouldn't tell us, but I still remember trying to work out if she was crazy or what. But either way, we still live in the house. And we all still love it. It's got a dining room. Ah, well, there we go. A very wholesome ending and a very wholesome story overall. Yeah, I think this woman was just a little bit crazy. No one who is, let's be honest, sane would do this sort of stuff. Five cars parked in front of the house. And you're like, no, it's my house. Like an entire family. I don't know how many people that was. I mean, over 10 people eating dinner. No, it's my house. It's my son's house. Something's going wrong upstairs. Overall, though, pretty great to see that you are now settled OP and that you have a dining room. Good on you. Okay, then moving on to our next entitled people story. Neighbor pointed a gun at my golden retriever, Sam. I had to step in. Hey, r slash entitled people. Just had the most shocking experience with a neighbor that's left me furious and disoriented. I have this daily routine of walking my golden retriever, Sam, around the block every morning. Sam is the sweetest boy, full of love and always ready to play. His idea of a threat is the vacuum cleaner, not a living creature. Sam is the most gentle soul you'd ever meet. The kind of dog who loves belly rubs and fetch more than anything else in the world. He's also never hurt a fly, let alone another human being. This morning, our peaceful routine turned into a nightmare. As we were doing our usual round, we encountered our usually reclusive neighbor, Mr. X. Now, Mr. X has always been a little off-putting, but what he did today was beyond my wildest expectations. As we passed by, Sam wagged his tail, trotting slightly towards Mr. X in his usual friendly way. Out of nowhere, Mr. X kicked Sam violently, causing him to cry out. I was shocked to say the least. I yelled at Mr. X, warning him to stay away from Sam. In response, he started ranting about filthy animals, but then it got worse. He pulled out a handgun and pointed it at Sam. I was terrified, but there was no way I was letting anything happen to my boy. Without thinking twice, I put myself between Sam and the gun, shielding him. I shouted at Mr. X, trying to de-escalate the situation and attract attention. Thankfully, the commotion had drawn a crowd of other neighbors who immediately called the police. The police arrived swiftly and managed to disarm Mr. X without anyone getting hurt. I'm pressing charges for animal cruelty and assault, and Sam's at the vets right now, getting checked over. He's a little shaken, but seems okay. I still can't believe I had to step in to protect Sam from a gun-wielding neighbor. The level of entitlement some people exhibit is simply horrifying. Anyway, just needed to share this. Please always keep an eye out for your pets. They depend on us to keep them safe. Oh, goodness me, OP. What a terribly distressing ordeal that must have been. First of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry that you were in that situation. And also, sorry to Sam for being literally kicked for no reason and having a gun pointed at him. That's crazy. I hope at the very least, as a result of this, this terrible neighbor gets jail time and at least his weapons taken away. I mean, you can't just have this guy going around pointing guns at people. Yeah, I know he didn't point it at you, but like he's pointing it at your pet. That's ridiculous. I don't know the rules. And again, enlighten me in the comments down below. I'm not entirely sure in which country this takes place. I assume it's America. Could be wrong. Nonetheless, are you allowed to just point a gun at an animal in the in the US? I kind of doubt it. So uh, yeah, if you do know, let me know down below in the comments. A capybara farmer's nightmare. 
I need to get this off my chest. As some of you may know, I'm a capybara farmer. And recently, due to the viral trend around these amazing creatures, my peaceful capybara farm has turned into a hotspot for self-entitled content creators looking for their next big viral video. They've trespassed, they've stolen, they've subjected my capybaras to stressful, inappropriate behaviors. I'm deeply disturbed by their lack of respect and total disregard for the well-being of my animals, not to mention the breach of my privacy and property rights. But things escalated beyond belief. Just last week, one of these trespassers, a man looking for some adrenaline-filled footage, decided it would be a great idea to wrestle a capybara. Not only is this incredibly distressing for the animal, it's also dangerous. And surprise, surprise, the man ended up seriously injuring slash losing part of his genitals. This man, the one who trespassed and harassed my animals, is suing me. Apparently, he thinks I'm responsible for damage to his reproductive organs that occurred while he was illegally on my property and distressing my animals. A few days ago, I woke up to find my capybaras all huddled together in one corner of the farm, clearly terrified. Upon investigating, I found a person dressed in a homemade capybara costume trying to live amongst them for a 24 hours living as a capybara challenge. It's clear there was some sort of what sexual element? Jesus, what am I reading? Not only had they trespassed onto my property in the dead of night, but they were also equipped with various props and toys they thought capybaras played with. A beach boy and a squeaky toy amongst other less tasteful things. They were actively trying to coerce my capybaras into engaging with these objects and toys for their video, causing immense stress to the animals. When I confronted them, their response was shocking. They argued that they were doing the capybaras a favor by making them famous. They truly saw nothing wrong with their actions. I had to call the authorities to have them removed from my property. The disrespect for private property, the welfare of animals, and basic human decency has been simply mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, makes a lot of sense. I will go onto someone's farm dressed as a capybara, right, with some weird toys, and then when they confront me about that, I'll say, no, actually, I'm suing you. Let me make my video. Um, you know, what hasn't really been explained in this post is the identity of that YouTuber who went onto the onto OP's farm and did this, this, this truly terrible stuff. And I would like to reveal at this moment that this was me. I was looking for another viral moment and uh, clearly I got this a little bit wrong. But nonetheless, I will be continuing with my legalities and I'm suing OP. OP, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I'm coming for you and I'm coming for you, Capabarras lad. Nothing you can do about it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now for our final entitled people story of this episode posted a free barbecue and got yelled at and told I deserve bad karma. This just happened 30 minutes ago. I had a barbecue, posted it to Facebook Marketplace for free. We're getting renos done and our balcony will be replaced, so I couldn't keep it. Anyway, I got 104 messages for this thing. I messaged the very first person back and they said they would come at 6 p.m. today. I spent the time cleaning it and bringing it downstairs to the parking garage. Not easy. 
and she no-shows. I was annoyed, so I slapped a free sign on it and put it to the curb. I live on a quieter street, so I decided to message a few of the first respondents and drop them a pin to let them know that I've put it on the curb and it's first come, first serve. I go out two hours later and nobody has picked it up. So I open Facebook to let a few more people know. When I see one of them message me saying she's recently divorced with two kids, doesn't have a lot of money at the moment, and she's asking if I'd be willing to hold the barbecue for 30 minutes while she drives there. She says she will get into her car this minute if I can. I agreed and pulled it into our parking garage, out of sight from our streets. I put a sign on it for my neighbors, just letting them know that somebody will be picking it up in 30 and please do not touch it. I didn't bother messaging the people I sent the pin to because I thought a reasonable person would expect the barbecue to be gone off the curb after more than two hours. And to be honest, it's free, so I just don't care that much. I go to check my mail, and when I come back, there's a car in the parkade and two people unscrewing the sidearms. I asked them if one of them was Carrie, and they say no. I asked them why they're taking the barbecue apart then, and the guy says I told him he could have it. I said I dropped a general pin to the curb and said first come, first serve. I said it was no longer on the curb, and therefore it's no longer available. It had already been two and a half hours at this point, and the lady coming for it messaged to say she was eight minutes away, and I apologized. I explained the whole situation above, but he's not having it. He insists that he's here, and it's his. I told him he's on my property and it belongs to me and i'm saying it's not his I point out that he's entered our garage out of view of the street He shows me that he messaged me to say okay I show him the other 104 messages I received about it because he won't believe that I didn't specifically invite him to my home and promise him a barbecue I said that's not a confirmation and you knew there was a chance that you come here and there'd be no barbecue At this point his wife says that's really bad business And I respond, it's not business, it's a free barbecue. At this point, they start yelling at me and threatening me with karma. Thank God I live in a building with good security. I told them my karma is giving a nice barbecue to a struggling person for free and it's bad karma on them to act like this over an honest mistake and a person who's just trying to do the right thing. At this point, my neighbors come out and he backs his car out. But when I say it's bad karma on them, he stops his car facing me And there was honestly a moment I thought he might run me over. Anyway, they left and two minutes later, the nicest person shows up. And me and my neighbors helped her take apart the barbecue and pack it to move. The whole time, she's so grateful. And at the end, she's like, I really believe in karma. Thank you so much for this. And I hope somebody pays it forward to you. So what do we think? Was I wrong? Or were these people entitled? I get being annoyed, but that's the chance you take for first come, first served. I personally would have just said, okay, thanks anyway, and walked away. What the frick? Right, first question here. How did these people know that the barbecue was in your garage? Unless your barbecue was open or something, I literally don't understand how they could possibly have known it was in there. First of all, as you as you explicitly mentioned, you, you dropped the pin at the curb. You, you said the barbecue was going to be on the curb. Now, if I didn't see a barbecue on a curb where I was told there was going to be a barbecue on a curb, my next thinking wouldn't be, oh, it's going to be in that person's garage. It would probably be, oh, someone else has come and picked it up before me. Tough luck. So I don't understand. Like I'm missing a lot of the story there. Why did they just break into your garage? It makes no sense to me. But I mean, after that, what do you even say? Should we now really not put anything up for free anymore like never give anything away i don't know people sometimes think maybe that it's too good to be true 
or they just get super entitled and aggressive like this. I mean, at least at the end of the day, it did go to someone who really appreciated it. But from your perspective, OP, I can't imagine that you're going to want to do this again after going through this ordeal. I mean, 104 messages. Are you really expected to reply to each and every one and then deal with an inundation of entitled people that come to your, your place and expect the barbecue for free? It's crazy. I agree with you. I would say, oh, it's a shame. I should have come a bit quicker. Thanks anyway. Have a good one. And also thanks for putting it out for free. Not, no, it's mine now. I went in your garage and I'm pretty much stealing it. That's just me. But uh, yeah, let me know down below. What do you guys think? Am I the jerk for saying I'll be driving myself and paying for my own room on the upcoming family vacation so I won't have to be a babysitter? I, a 23-year-old man, was repeatedly stuck playing the part of helper and babysitter on family outings. I had to move out of my parents' house because I kept being forced to help watch my three nephews. Last year, we took a family vacation in summer to the coast. I rode along with my parents and they paid for my hotel room. Only I had to share that room with three rowdy boys because my sister and her husband wanted a room to themselves. I was promised time to do my own things on the vacation, but instead I ended up having to help with these kids. I complained to everyone about it and was reminded I was there for free. And then we pretty much just did only one thing I wanted to do, which was tour an art gallery. I like doing this whenever I'm at the coast, but the kids find it boring. This year, my parents have a beach trip planned for June, and they assumed I'd be riding along the same way as last year. But I refused. I said I'd be driving myself and paying for my own hotel stay to have my own room. My parents were shocked and tried to remind me of the cost. I said it was no worry. I've got a good job and a decent running car. I can more than afford it. That's when the but started. I stated the previously listed things as why I'll be driving myself and paying for myself. I want to be able to enjoy this vacation as an adult and not be treated like a child like last year. My parents told my sister and she called to blow up at me that I'll be ruining the vacation if I'm off doing my own thing while she has to wrangle her three boys. I ended up yelling at her that last year all she did was wrote me into her mess I didn't really get to do much of anything I wanted to do and I was treated like the bad guy for wanting to just go to an art gallery I'm a grown man. I deserve my own vacation too Now my sister is not speaking to me and my parents are still trying to convince me to just ride with them to keep the peace I'm still refusing but the pressure is getting to me. Am I the jerk for not giving in? I know they'll have a pretty hard time when they won't have another person there to help. Right, then immediately, let's get into this first edit. It's been barely an hour since I posted, OP says. But my sister is apparently a Reddit lurker in the mornings, and she saw my post. Not only is she furious with me, but she's also upset that no one in the comments is siding with her. To make it short, she went on a big rant about how it's so hard to be a parent to triplets, and the least I could do is help because I'm young and single, and she needs a break. I stood my ground on my decision, and now she's calling our parents to get them involved. I'm expecting a call from them any minute. And then a further update from OP. Well, I'm off work now, so I can tell you guys more as to what went down. I guess you could say it's over. My sister got our parents involved. They looked at my post and were absolutely horrified by the continuous influx of commenters. Yes, they're very angry with me that I posted here. But I told them that if they just listened to me to begin with, I'd have never needed to. Guys, for context, this post has over 40,000 upvotes and over 7,000 comments. And um, I'm pretty sure you guys can all work out who they're siding with. I'm sick of the whole keep the peace mentality that sacrifices me to placate my sister. 
They in turn went off on my sister and to make a long story short the whole vacation has been cancelled The hotel wasn't booked yet anyway, but my parents are arguing with my sister My sister's blaming me and my nephews are crying because they aren't going to the beach My sister called me at lunch and basically implied I have no life, which is why I have time to help I recorded that and told our parents and that's currently what they're fighting about and then one final small update I wasn't gonna update again, but here's a little more Parents said that they won't ever push babysitting of my nephews on me again and have agreed that what happened last year was unfair to me Right now, they're very angry with my sister for telling me I should help her because she thinks I have no life My sister though is playing the victim and my brother-in-law is basically saying nope to the whole mess and spending most of his time at work Well, I don't blame him. Thank you to everyone who's commented. You made my day. Now, guys, that is the end of r slash am I the jerk for this story. But it's just the beginning of this whole escapade. Let me tell you, this now gets a little bit crazy. We're moving on now to r slash entitled people where this story continues. But goodness me. You're going to want to stick around. Here we go with the second post. So then, now moving on to the second post from OP. My parents apologized. My sister did not. At least, at first. A week ago, I made this throwaway account to ask Am I the Jerk a question, in which I was found to be anything but the jerk. I have too much to say to post in there as an update, so a friend recommended I come here to r slash entitled people. Now, my posting on Am I the Jerk essentially opened a Pandora's box in the family. Basically, my parents and older sister have become very comfortable with me helping with the childcare of my young triplet nephews. I didn't leave home till I was 22 because I was trying to save money while also going to college. A scholarship covered a lot and living at home kept me from getting rising debt due to my working part-time as well. I'm very thankful for this. However, after college, everyone just seemed to act like I had endless time on my hands and convinced me along on a family vacation. In this so-called vacation, I was forced to babysit my three at the time six-year-old nephews I even had to share a hotel room with them And believe me, those kids didn't listen to a dang thing I said on the first night Until I called their mother twice And I was treated like the bad guy for wanting to do other things during the trip Like if it's something the family doesn't enjoy as a whole, then it doesn't happen Which was extremely hypocritical because I'm family but wasn't included in that vote And you can bet I aired this grievance with my parents after my last post. And they've acknowledged being in the wrong. You know what? Fair enough. A lot of the parents I see on subreddits like this never acknowledge this. So that is a good sign. After that awful vacation last year, I decided it was time to move out. And did so before the summer even ended. Which surprised everyone as I gave them no warning. I'd landed a great job pretty much right after college thanks to an internship and used moving as an excuse to drop my commute from 45 minutes to just 15. My sister hated this the most because it meant no more free babysitting on weekends, but she still tried to make me do it. And I caved, sometimes, usually by being bribed with pizza. And this sort of became a new norm. But then last month, my parents announced plans for another family vacation to the same place along the coast, and they basically wanted it to go the same way. I immediately saw it for what it was a trap I knew that if I rode with my parents and let them buy the hotel rooms I'd be screwed over the same way as last time So I just casually stated I'd drive myself and pay for myself and that is when this all started OP then outlines exactly what happened and how they came about posting the am I the jerk post and How his sister lurking on reddit spoiled the post in less than an hour What followed was pandora's box at first the family was against me 
My sister called our parents and they called me when I still had a little time to talk in the morning My parents were on the phone with me while also reading my post. I asked them if anything in it was a lie They sort of steered around it and called the post an exaggeration But I pointed out numerous details that made it pretty much on the mark Then I told them to check the comments. There were already far too many to read I was repeatedly refreshing the page on my home pc and telling them how many comments there were Then I told them I was sick of their mentality of keeping the peace by forcing me to placate my sister Then I said I was out of time and we'd have to resume this later My parents were positively horrified that hundreds if not thousands of people were commenting in a matter of hours And later on I told them that the numbers had basically doubled and were still growing which only added to their horror So I guess they were forced to take a long look at their own actions and that right there is the beauty of r slash am i the jerk and reddit as a whole making parents reconsider their entire lives i mean it's unbelievable really my sister tried to call me to complain while i was at work but my phone was on silent till my lunch break so all she could do was leave messages and texts but she was persistent and managed to get through to me when i was eating my lunch the gist of the conversation was my post had taken our parents away from her side and now they were mad at her in the ensuing argument between them my parents cancelled the entire vacation yes they later acknowledged they just passed the blame out of embarrassment and have fully accepted fault they told me no excuses could excuse the fact that they made me their go-to free babysitter when i wasn't even living at home anymore they did try to backtrack a little by pointing out they never charged me rent while i was in college but i reminded them that kids don't ask to be born and i was doing my hardest to make my own way then i pointed out that my father had the same kind of leg up from his parents they let him live free of charge at home while he was in college that basically ended any argument my parents had left when my sister managed to call me at lunch i presented the facts to her and she showed her true colors she implied that i have no life and that my free time on weekends should be spent helping her because she's tired and unable to even go out without bringing her children with her unless someone is watching them she is a stay-at-home mom with a husband that makes a decent salary they live in a pretty decent house that's owned not rented and to be frank my nephews aren't really my responsibility they just forced them on me and expected it to stay that way my sister angrily hung up on me but i recorded the call and then played it to my parents later they were furious and they basically went to war with my sister my sister dug her heels in blamed me and then doubled down on her belief that my life should circle around hers i told her that was the most narcissistic and entitled thing she's ever said about me it took days but her husband finally stepped in and forced her to apologize i'd never seen her cowed like that by anyone but she was on the verge of crying it ended up being admitted that one of the reasons i was the go-to babysitter was because my sister didn't trust strangers it was never about the money or was it actually my brother-in-law thought my sister was paying me for my time watching her kids after i moved out of my parents house but she didn't even give me gas money just cash enough to order pizza for both myself and the kids and she pocketed the rest my sister had been shortchanging me for months he blew up at her when this came out during her half apology and she was forced to pay me what she owed me in cash entirely from her own savings which she looked very sore about then my brother-in-law apologized to me for his own inaction in letting my sister walk all over me and promised they'd get a normal babysitter from now on yes it will cause a bit of a drop in the bucket for them but my sister will be getting date nights back then came the family meeting the other day's evening we all gathered up at my parents house and everything was laid bare 
apologies all round and whatnot. Then my parents reinstated the family vacation. And yes, I still plan to drive myself and pay for my own hotel stay. I'll even stay in a completely different hotel if my sister tries to revert me to childcare. And I've stated this. She's promised that won't happen. And if I don't update again after the vacation in another month or so, then you'll all know everything is fine. Now, guys, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on how you look at it, we don't have to wait until after the holiday for our next update. That came just a few days after the one I just read. Again, on our slash entitled people, now 26 days ago at the time of recording. My sister called me demanding I take my post down. Now she's more upset than ever to know how far it spread. Having a family that knows about your Reddit account has its disadvantages. Yesterday, my sister called me after I got off work to ask me if comments are still coming in. She said she cannot bear the negativity of looking at them herself because the comments are all so hurtful towards her. So I was brutally honest. At least 10 comments are still coming in daily and most of them more or less say the same things about her. She started crying and demanding I delete my reddit post But I refused and told her she can cry to anyone she wants But the posts stay up because they are my assurance She won't try to treat me like rubbish anymore After all she literally felt like my life should revolve around hers She didn't pay me the babysitting money she was supposed to and pocketed it for herself And forced me to be the constant babysitter on last year's family vacation So I had pretty much no fun the entire time Is it really any wonder people are having so much hate for her when she treated me like that. Then I mentioned the posts have already spread to other websites as I was asked a couple of times to let an article be made about my situation. And there are some videos that were read as well. Yeah, maybe like this one. Well, my sister shrieked hearing that and hung up. My parents then called me begging I take the post down. I've refused, stating that I only did this because they didn't stick up for me. This would have never happened if they told my sister to treat me like an equal and not a servant. I'm not her butler, babysitter, or handyman. I'm her freaking brother and a grown-ass man. Wouldn't they be tired of this stuff in my shoes as well? They agreed, but still begged I take the post down. I again refused and said that I'll keep making more if they don't start sticking up for me more when my sister comes crying to them. Let her clean up her own messes because all the enabling of her has led to this. I didn't father those kids. I've got a life of my own, a career I'm still new to, And hopefully, soon enough, a girlfriend, as there's someone I want to ask out. I'm moving my life forward and I won't be held back. They can either step out of my way or keep trying to enable my sister. But I assure them that the latter would end badly for them. The only way this posting on Reddit will stop is if the drama stops. I've kept things anonymous and I've got a right to vent my very valid frustrations. Well, that left my mother crying. My father just went silent. And I said, tears don't move me. They know what it would take to end this, and that's to stop enabling my sister. Well, my sister called me again to yell at me that our parents have told her they aren't dealing with this anymore and to figure it out herself. Oh, and they told her to be nicer to me too. I just pictured her eye twitching as she internally screamed after hearing that. Be nice to my kid brother? What is this? Do I look it up on Google? Yeah, I was that sarcastic to her. But it left her crying too when I hung up. My brother-in-law called me later to get my side of the story. He was mad I'm still posting and made his wife cry, but I explained everything to him and he said he'd have another talk with my sister. I'm hoping this drama finally ends here, but the family vacation is still on for late June. I've already booked my room and put it in for a day off work so we can all leave on a Friday. My room is also not near the ones my parents, sister, brother-in-law and nephews will be using. 
In fact, it's not even on the same floor. And when we go to the coast, when it's not a family activity, I'm going to go where I want and do what I want. And you can bet I'm going to tour those art galleries, pick out on local food, and just enjoy being carefree for a change. And there we go. You're probably thinking, wow, that sounds like a good end to the story. But alas, as you can tell, there is more to come. That promised update after the family vacation was posted just 24 hours ago. Let's see what happened. This is the conclusion for now of this story update after the family vacation well the family vacation is over some things both good and bad went as expected good that my parents didn't enable my sister trying to make me babysit oh yes she did try but bad in that my sister did try to find out which room i was in but that failed and got her in trouble with her husband again firstly i made sure to tell the hotel in advance they were not to give out any of my information to anyone who asked except for the police if something needing that were to come to pass they assured me over the phone that they would not tell a soul. Then, on the day of the vacation, I left earlier in the morning than the rest of the family. I knew they wouldn't be able to get moving as a group until at least 10 a.m., so I left at 9. Check-in wouldn't be until 1, but I wanted to make sure I had a head start. I sent out an FWI group text and was off like a shot to make the three-hour drive. My parents were upset because they'd planned a family brunch on the way, but I pointed out I was never made aware of that, so it was cancelled in favour of fast food. Like I planned, I arrived at the hotel early. Too early for check-in, but I told the desk staff I was there to make sure my parents or sister didn't give them my information. They claim they don't do that, but I told them I know for a fact it still happens sometimes, so I'm covering my butts. When they happen to be dealing with my mother, sister, and three potentially crying boys trying to guilt them at the desk, they'd better not yield, and I wanted to know if they'd try anything. They awkwardly promised me no one but me would get access to my room, then I decided to go out and get something to eat. I came back more than an hour later, and there was my parents' car and my brother-in-law's big SUV. I went to the desk to check in after making sure the lobby was clear, and it was. Then I asked the clerk if my family had asked about me, and where I was staying in the hotel. Yeah, they did, but the clerk refused to tell them. My sister had apparently tried to push it, but her husband shut her up. I checked in, went to my room, and then called my folks. I didn't mention I knew what they tried with the clerk, and they conveniently didn't mention it either. Then we all met up as a family to go out and tour around. My sister at one point asked me to watch her kids for a moment, to which I replied, hell no, because I knew exactly what she was doing. She'd pretend to be gone for a moment and then be gone for an hour. I called her out and her husband told her to stop trying to make me watch their kids. So what did she do? She just started crying on the spot, saying that she needs a break. Her husband scolded her. He's a tired man, but he wasn't complaining. My mother gave me a nasty look. So I went right to her and said that if she tries to even think that I should be watching those kids I would walk away from this vacation right now It's not my job and i'm sick and tired of her and my sister acting like this Well, that made my mother start crying too And then she just started repeating the words you're right over and over again This is another old tactic of hers. She tries to look pathetic to guilt me But I just said I am right and just let it go before walking away Neither my mother or sister tried anything for the rest of the day. When we got back to the hotel after dinner, my family were all crowding the elevator, but I didn't get in with them. They asked why, and I said I'd wait for the next one. My sister glared at me because she knew exactly what I was doing. Then I just sat in the lobby watching YouTube on my phone for 15 minutes and took the elevator up. 
I was on a different floor and on the other end of the hotel. I had a splendid night and the next morning we all went out for breakfast, but I made sure they left first. I can't quite believe what I'm reading. The fact that you're having to do this on a family vacation, pretty much hide from the people you're vacationing with at the hotel is mad. But after all I've read, it makes complete sense. I was the last one out, just like I was the last one in the night before. Breakfast went fine. Then I gave an FWI that I was going to be doing my own thing for the day. My mother tried to bring up plans to go to the aquarium and a couple of other places, so I said I'd meet them for those, but the rest of the day was mine until family dinner. They accepted this and that day went fine too. But back at the hotel that evening, my sister caught me leaving my room. She must have been stalking the whole floor looking for me. I went back to my room to chill a bit before dinner as I was tired from walking so much. And my sister was just down the hall when I left my room to meet them for dinner. She tried to corner me saying that I'd ruined the family vacation for her because now it wasn't hardly any different for her than at home since she had to wrangle her kids. I called bullspit because my parents were helping her a lot. Then I told her that I'm sick of this song and dance of being her scapegoat and it's already over. So leave me the heck alone and get on with your life. Then I started walking with her yelling, hey, I'm trying to talk to you. I told her I don't care and was going to dinner. She followed me to the elevator and we both said nothing to each other. I didn't stay silent and I told my parents and brother-in-law that my sister had stalked me to find my room. She was scolded like a child. She had a pity party. I told her to stop milking it and grow up. The old days when she could force her will on me were over. And then I walked out of the lobby and to my car. This time, I was the first one to dinner. When everyone else arrived, my sister looked depressed. But not a dang thing was said about what happened. And that was just fine with me. My sister refrained from eye contact with me the entire evening. And this time, I didn't care about riding in the elevator with the rest of them. And I told them bluntly that unless it was an emergency, nobody is to come knocking on my door. I had a do not disturb sign for a reason. The final day, everything went swimmingly. Neither my sister or mother bothered me at all. They'd fully surrendered at this point. Yes, during the whole vacation, I did play with my nephews a bit. I'm not a complete jerk. I didn't stonewall them. I kept up being the fun uncle, just not the babysitter uncle. The kids didn't even seem to care. They just wanted to play. I even bought each of them one of those little baggies of crystals and polished stones to take home as a souvenir. There was a bit of mild drama between my sister and her husband, but that was just some small disagreements that I didn't bother to pay attention to. All in all, I'd call the vacation a win because it finally hit home for my mother and sister that the old way they did things involving me is over and I have my own life. And there we go. That is the culmination of that story, I guess, so far. The amazing thing about this post is that these four posts that I've just narrated are actually the only four posts on this entire account that OP has made on this account anyway. Now, they said right off the bat that it was a throwaway, but nonetheless, all the posts that have ever been made are those. And that's it. Pretty cool. Pretty great to see that one story can traverse a couple of subreddits. I don't know exactly what the title of this is going to be. Maybe Am I the Jerk slash Entitled People. You don't get too many collaborations on episodes of mine between subreddits, but hey, there you go. 
I just noticed that post and thought, okay, let's have a look back at what's been going on here. And everything seemed to align and, and be good enough for just one episode. So um, there you go. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did and you want more episodes and stories like this, where it's more of a deep dive of a family in particular or a character or one individual story that, that goes on for a longer period of time across different subreddits, you know, kind of updates. I guess in many ways, this was a very similar to a, a best of Redditor updates video. Then let me know by dropping a like on this one, commenting down below that you enjoyed it. The more comments and just general feedback I get, the more likely I am to do a video similar to this in the future. So that is the best way of letting me know. Entitled old man assaults me in line at the grocery store. This happened on October 1st, the morning of my daughter's wedding. Had I not been in a hurry to get to the venue, things may have played out differently. I'll never know. I was there to buy distilled water for the steamer needed to steam her dress and the bridesmaid's dresses. Time was of the essence. I was patiently waiting in line with an elderly couple finishing up in front of me. The woman was in front of me, standing in front of the credit card payment thingy, and the cart was after her. Her husband was at the end of the cart bagging groceries. The cashier mentioned she would bag his items, and he cheerfully replied he'd done it for years for a living and didn't mind. His wife laughed and said he liked helping out. I was in line, as I mentioned, and I had my debit card ready in my hand. I smiled and chimed in on the conversation. I tend to talk with my hands, so as we were all chatting, I'm waving my right hand in the air. My hand was visible the entire time. Suddenly, I am shoved hard from behind. I was pushed into the little old lady, and she in turn shoved the cart into her husband. My first thought was someone tripped and fell into me. I recovered and looked behind me to see this elderly man, hair sticking straight up, mask on below his nose, glaring at me while he slammed items onto the conveyor belts. The conversation went like this. Can I help you? I shoved you because you shoved her, and I'm not about to let you shove me, so I beat you to the punch. Ha ha ha. He's yelling this at me, pulling his mask down and leaning into my face. You idiot. I can feel myself getting hot all over. I don't like confrontation, but he actually hurt my shoulder. I have fibromyalgia, and a simple hug can be excruciating. Meanwhile, the old couple in front of me just book it out of there. I never got to apologize to the woman or her husband. I didn't touch her, I said. Meanwhile, the cashier is ignoring this and quietly rings up my distilled water. I saw you shove her, so I beat you to the punch. You people today are all the same. Then he gestures to my gallon of distilled water. Have you heard of a faucet? You are what's wrong with the world. Drinking fancy water when you can drink out of a hose. You are stupid. He kept yelling at me, but I just closed off. I could hear the sound, but no longer make out the words. I think I went into a mild shock. I wanted to scream at this man and defend myself, but at the same time, why should I defend why I'm buying a dang gallon of distilled water? He shoved me and had absolutely no right to. I thought maybe the cashier would say, hey, sir, settle down or something, but she said nothing. I was robotically swiping my debit card and just thinking, I have to get to my daughter. She gets married today. I have to get to my daughter. She's waiting. I have to get to my daughter. I grabbed my water and made a hasty exit. As I was leaving, I heard him say to the cashier, where did you get that shirt? It's ugly. I've seen better shirts in the trash. Do you know how stupid you look? She replied, I like this shirt. I'm ready for Halloween. It was a shirt with the upper part of a skeleton, ribbed sternum, etc. But he just kept on and on and she ignored him. It was then I realized this was a disturbed, possibly senile old guy. But still, I wanted, needed to get to my car. I was on the verge of tears, which happens when I get angry. I got to my car, locked the doors, and began to shake. 
Then I couldn't stop. I burst into tears and shook uncontrollably for about five minutes. That's when it hit me. I was assaulted. I was assaulted and I did nothing. I froze. I was victimized, mildly, but I cannot imagine how women recover from more violent assaults and I have a deep respect for those who can. My shoulder was on fire. Absolutely no employee in that store came to my defense. I drove to my daughter's venue, still in shock. After the wedding, hours later, I am in the shower. My husband comes in and I have a bruise the size of a tennis ball on my left shoulder area. He inquired and when I explained, white hot rage went through this man. My giant of a husband would have never allowed that man to do what he did. Had he been there, we most likely would have been delayed by police, so I'm grateful that didn't happen. I think about it all the time. I wish I'd defended myself. I wish the cashier had called security. I wish I'd not crawled inside myself and shut down the way I did. To anyone who survived assault, you are brave. You matter. You did not deserve it. You are a survivor. Mine was a rough shove and I still shake when I think about it. Wow, there we go. I guess that can show the effects of not even the most brutal of assaults, but yes, definitely an assault nonetheless. Opa, you're absolutely correct to label this as assault. Completely unprovoked. I mean, even if you had shoved someone in front of you, that doesn't allow this man to just shove you. It's absolutely ridiculous logic. He didn't even show any reasoning or like there was no reason to suggest that you had even shoved someone. As you said, your hands were clear to see the entire time. Really strange. I agree with you. I think this guy has got a little bit going wrong with him upstairs, but I completely echo your final point. If you have survived assault and, and you're there to tell the tale and you've moved through it, wow, you are a brave person. Much love to you. Fair play. Grandmother tried to ruin the party, but in the end got owned. I am a 28 year old and I have with my grandmother, who is 91, the worst relationship. She's emotionally abusive, favorites, kids, grandchildren and great grandkids and verbally abused me. And I can keep on going, but trust me, I wouldn't finish. I cut her off and pretended she didn't exist after she was glad that my older brother, who was 25 in 2014, passed away. And when I delivered my dead baby, she said she was pleased that happened to me. After that, at every family event or family reunion, I would pretend that she doesn't exist. She tried to get her favorite grandchildren, my cousins, 33, 30, and 26, and my younger brother, who was 23, to try to convince me to talk to her or say hi to her. We're Puerto Rican and unfortunately we're taught to respect our elders. But I didn't care. She's tried everything in her book and nothing has worked. In 2021, my dad got a call from his sister, 52 years old, grandma's favorite daughter, which told him that grandma was sick and wanted every child and grandchild to take care of her since she couldn't do it alone. I refused, saying I had college classes and work and I wasn't gonna be doing it since knowing her, she would abuse me verbally. What I didn't know is that I was on speaker and grandma started crying because I disrespected her. She got her favorite grandchildren to try to convince me to take care of her, but I told them no. So a month ago, I graduated from college with my associate degree and one of my aunts organized a barbecue for those that are graduated and those that had birthdays in May. Now, my grandma was invited to the barbecue, but I didn't let that get the best of me. We were all having a good time until it was time to do a cheer and congratulations for birthdays and graduations. One of my aunts said in her cheer that after 20 years, they have another magna cum laude graduate and that she's proud of me for never giving up. Everyone was proud until my grandmother screamed to please respect the ones that didn't graduate magna cum laude. Like my aunt said I was the only one while the other ones were recent high school graduates or 
Please respect the ones that didn't go to college to waste their time. My younger brother didn't go. I kept a cool and calm head and I called her out for everything. That she was mad that the youngest favorite granddaughter didn't graduate magna cum laude. How she loves to defend abusers. My youngest brother has domestic violence history. And how I was done being the verbal punching bag. And much more. My grandmother, favorite daughter, and grandchildren left. And the party kept on going. I come to my apartment to see multiple messages to apologize to grandma because she felt offended for what I did. But they're blocked, including my brother. Other family members are on my side since they all had to endure my grandma's verbal abuse as well. So yeah, I'll keep clapping back at her. You see, this is why respecting your elders is not always the right thing to do. Now I get it the majority of the time. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it helps families run in a, in a certain way. Elderly people, I guess adults in theory should be more wise and more intelligent and have more common sense. But of course, it doesn't always work like that especially in situations like this, where this grandma is an absolute disgrace. At times like this, you should be allowed to say, you know what, I get the whole respect your elders thing. And as much as I do like that, and I respect the elderly people and, and adults in the family, you I do not respect because you mentally abuse people and physically and verbally abuse people. That's probably a little bit too much, right? At that point, I'm going to stop respecting you if that's okay. Now I will say, great, great conclusion there. The fact that you're saying, yeah, I'll keep clapping back at her. That's exactly what I want to hear. So keep it up. Great stuff. It looks like you are the first in the family to actually take a stand against this heinous woman. Good for you. I hope others follow suit. Infuriatingly entitled ex. My ex is a 43 year old man who enjoyed extreme levels of financial support from his family and doesn't acknowledge it. When I met him, he told me he's working on independent art projects. I saw him living independently, going out to eat, staying at hotels. I didn't question too much. After some months though, I understood that this man never really worked. Yeah, some odd jobs here and there, but his rich parents supported him all the way through his twenties with a large allowance. Then in his early thirties, they funded his another four year degree abroad. During that time, they paid his full living expenses and tuition totaling around $400,000. But he did not start working after that either. He got by on art grants he got from the government via fake companies he set up. After some time, he started putting pressure on his family to divide remaining assets. They were reluctant, and he started a hunger strike to make things go his way. He got another 150,000 or so from his family as a result. During the following two to three years, he spent it all on his projects. I met him during that time and didn't have a full context. During that time, he cut contact with his family and wrote a scathing memoir ebook that he distributed to all family members. The ebook psychoanalyzes everyone in the family, says that he hates his mother, etc. But once the money ran out and his projects didn't pan out, he was left with nothing and no plan B, no real career path or skills. He then mended his relationship with his family and he takes money from them once again. He tried to persuade his 85-year-old father to take a large loan for him. He refuses to consider blue-collar jobs that pay almost nothing and take too much time. He said that he considers his parents' money an equivalent of universal basic income that prevents workers' exploitation. How has he got to that conclusion? Additionally, he tried to persuade me to take a loan for him during our relationship. He also tried to persuade me to give him various kinds of jobs that he could get paid for, like being my assistant. I broke up with him because I'm a self-made person who fought hard for financial stability. And he was not only not self-sufficient, but more than happy to get by exploiting others. 
He also frequently flew into rage on random occasions. For example, when he thought that a coffee at a coffee shop was too expensive and everyone had to know that he's never coming here again. And I was left apologizing to people and dealing with the stress of it all. Yeah, I mean, this is the definition of a rich entitled kid. Simple as that. This is the problem. And this is why no matter how much money I ever earn ever, I would never just give it all to my kids, especially when they're young. Because you get, you just, you just produce offspring like this that have no understanding of what money is and also have no drive or want or desire to actually go out there and, and make a life for themselves and earn money for themselves because they know that just one little quick question to mummy and daddy and it's coming in anyway. So to be fair, why work? Why bother when you have all the money there anyway? That ultimately, I'm not going to lie, is the fault of the parents as much as it is the kid and this guy now, your ex, for being entitled in the first place. One of the comments says, you dodged a bullet. A hobosexual with a trust fund is still a hobosexual <laughs> and with entitlement issues and a bad temper to boot, boot him. Hobosexual is a crazy word, but it works so well for this bloke. And I agree, boot him. And now for our final entitled people story of this episode. My entitled sister tries to get my brother to lie about her hitting me to get out of trouble, but my little bro had my back. For a little background, my little brother is on the autism spectrum, but he always likes to help people when he learns a useful skill. On this fateful day, it was no different. It was his turn to do our laundry since we share a room and he takes care of it while i'm busy as i mentioned earlier he discovered that my sister's clothes were still in the washer instead of being in the dryer as a responsible person would have done however this was no problem for my little brother he simply moved them into the dryer for her and even ran the clothes through the dryer so he could wash his own clothes by the time his clothes were done our sister still hadn't come to collect her clothes So my brother put them in a bag and took them into our grandmother's room She used to sleep in there to make space for our clothes in the dryer A few hours later all hell broke loose My sister emerged from the laundry room screaming like a banshee about someone stealing her clothes Initially my brother denied taking care of her laundry because my sister seemed like she was going to harm the person who did it As if they deliberately ruined her clothes However, he eventually confessed to putting her clothes in the dryer and taking them to our grandmother's room My sister demanded that my brother show her where the clothes were and proceeded to verbally abuse him all the way there. Hearing all this verbal abuse, I decided to confront my sister and tell her off. I pointed out that my brother had taken responsibility for something she should have done herself. If he hadn't done what he did, my sister would have been left with a pile of wet and smelly clothes requiring her to wash them again. Her response was to kick me right in the stomach and I wasn't gonna let that slide easily. At the time, I was a six-foot male, and my mother had told me that hitting people in public, or those much younger than me, probably wouldn't be allowed. But dealing with my older sister was different. As she attempted to strike me again, I swiftly grabbed her and threw her onto the bed before punching her in the back. My sister started scratching my neck and biting my arm, but I eventually gained the upper hand, pinned her down, and punched her again, warning her never to try something like that again. I then left the room with my little brother. Not 30 seconds after I left, I saw my sister chasing after me with some sort of wooden object in her hand. I quickly turned around and ducked, but she threw it straight at the back of my head, causing it to break. The object she threw, not my head. My grandma witnessed this and my father heard the crack, immediately rushing downstairs to see what had happened. Meanwhile, I ran to my room, lay down and tried to ease the pain. When I came back out, my sister was in tears and my father, mother and grandmother were all trying to find out why she did this. 
She kept insisting that I had hit her, which was true. Yet my mum argued that most of the time I wouldn't have hit her if she hadn't struck me first. Then my sister turned to my little brother and asked him to tell them what happened, likely hoping that he would lie and that she would reward him later. But he didn't. My brother said that my sister had been bullying him and I'd come to defend him before she kicked me. Seeing the fear in her eyes and the rest of the family converging on her like a pack of wolves made every second of sharing a room with my younger brother worthwhile. Uh, yeah, just bullying an autistic kid who happens to be a brother. That that sounds like a good person to me. Jesus, what a horrible, horrible person your sister is. Not just bullying him after he's helped you out, by the way. I don't know about you guys, but if, if you leave washing in the washing machine and you don't take it out when it's done, like you leave it overnight or even longer, it just smells and you have to wash it again. And also... It doesn't allow other people to wash their clothes. Like, what he's doing is helping you. But no, I'm going to target you because you're autistic. And then later say, no, no, you got my back, don't you? God, like, imagine what would have happened if, because your brother's autistic and doesn't know completely, you know, understand socially or whatever, what's going on. He said, yeah, just went along with the sister, but just because, you know, he just felt inclined to do so. Also, she is his elder sister. That would have been terrible. Just literally exploiting a kid who's who's got autism. <laughs> Like, if it wasn't, if it wasn't so serious, I probably wouldn't laugh. That is the dark humor in me. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that, that everyone has seen the light and that your brother has stood up for himself. Fair play to the bloke. A good man right there. Okay, then. Uh, not a video that I planned on making, going to be completely honest. But I thought I might as well. I very rarely tell you guys about real stories that happened to me in my life. So I thought in this one, why not? Let's do it. Something happened to me and my flatmates recently in this flat, as you can probably tell, by the title and thumbnail and uh yeah you know what let's talk about it why not it's a rare occurrence that something like this happens to me in my life i mean it's never happened to you before but why not let's do it um also before we get into this the reason why i've got all this like you know cream around my eyes if it being real is because i have dry eyes and i put cream in my eyes so there you go but nonetheless i'm gonna break this down into a few different parts kind of you know what we were thinking at the time the the outcome what happened with the police who got involved and the conclusion. First proper story, I think, that's like an actual life event that's happened to me that's probably worth telling on this channel. So I hope you're ready and I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you give me some good advice down below in the comments as to just what was going on here. But um, yeah, nonetheless, let's go. Okay, so this happened last Wednesday. Now, first of all, guys, if you didn't know, I um I moved out of my parents' home. When was this? Back in March. March of this year. So what, four months ago now? And I moved into I live in London. I live in West Southwest London, but moved into slightly more central London. Just, you know, a bit more going on. Moved in with my friends who I've known for like over 20 years. And uh, it's been great. However, this is the first time that something's happened in our in our new flat. And uh yeah, it was a little bit disconcerting. Nonetheless, let me set the scene. So it's a random Wednesday night. But when was it? Let's get the exact date just so we know for sure. The 28th of June was the day. Me and two of my flatmates are just chilling in the living room, you know, having fun, messing about, chatting, whatever. It's a random Wednesday night, guys, if I hadn't said already. Uh, it's about a quarter to 11 at night. So dark outside, sun is set, dusk has been and gone. To give a little bit more context, I live in a flat. It's part of four different flats on two floors above a shop. So we have a shop, then above that we have our flat and another flat. Then above that, we have another flat and another flat. So four flats total. And all of those flats are owned by the same people, the landlord, the company, and they all have one main front door. So you enter any of those flats, first of all, through this main front door, which is, you know, 
down there, if you can see where I'm pointing, pretty much next to the shop. At that front door, there are four different doorbells, one, two, three, four for all the four flats, pretty self-explanatory. There's also a camera system so you can see who is ringing the doorbell when they ring it. So out of nowhere, at quarter to 11 at night on the Wednesday, we get a ring at the door and um, I go and have a look and it's this random bloke in an Adidas tracksuit who I do not know. Now, bear in mind, quarter to 11, yeah. I'm like, well, probably not going to answer that given that it's late at night and also we're about to like go to bed. I mean, not me. I'm about to come to my desk and do some work, but the others are about to go to bed and we're all just kind of chilling out, like, you know, doing whatever, not getting some random bloke around to our house who I don't know. So don't answer. I don't, don't speak on the intercom either because I'm like, well, obviously not coming in. They've probably got the wrong address, you know, whatever. Go back to the living room, but then rings again and again and again and again and keeps ringing, like holding the intercom doorbell. And at that point, I'm like, what is going on? Like, why is this random bloke who none of us know ringing the doorbell? Bit of a weird one, but yeah, maybe drunk, maybe got the wrong address. I don't know, let's just leave him to it and hope he like goes away or whatever. Who really cares? Then I hear all of a sudden him ringing the second flat. Now, can't really hear the second flat's intercom. It's just over there. Can't really hear it but you can kind of like just about make it out. And after him ringing that our doorbell like three, four, five times, I'm kind of like, what the f what's he doing? And so I can, I'm, I'm listening out. We're all listening out. And we hear the second doorbell go just about. I'm like, okay, so he's doing the same to the second flat. And then all of a sudden we kind of hear him come in and like come up the stairs, our communal stairs in the block of flats. And at that point we're like, okay, what's going on? Then all of a sudden we hear like banging at our door, at our flat door, just there. And at that point, I'm like, okay, so for some reason, our other, like another person who lives in a flat with us has let them in for an unknown reason. And like, they don't know them, by the way, they just let them in. Um, and they're now at our door, banging at the door. Now we can't see just outside the door. I mean, you have like a little viewfinder or whatever, but not looking at that. But then we're just like, okay, what is going on? So instantly we go and like lock the door, double lock it, you put the chain across, whatever. Then we look at the intercom again, the camera, and see like three other guys at the, at the main door, like coming in to the block of flats. And I'm just like, what is going on at this point? Don't know what these these people's objective is like, what is going on? Why they're just like running into our flat seemingly and now like hammering on the door. So I say to my flatmates, I'm just like, okay, call the police. Like what, what the f going on here? Very strange one. Um, kind of scary at the time, but like, okay, I don't know if these guys are trying to get in. It seems like they are for an unknown reason. Like, do they have a weapon on them? Sounds silly, but they, but they could have done. Like, what's their motive? All this stuff's going through our heads at the moment. And we're just like, what is actually happening here? So I'm like, yeah, call the police, do it now. And just ask questions later. Then thankfully we have a pretty solid front door. Like it's pretty thick. I mean, so is the main one downstairs into the building entirely. But unfortunately, flat two let them in for an unknown reason. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not bitter, not annoyed at that. We'll get to that later. They're at our door now. And we're just like, what's going on? Call the police. Police are like, okay, we'll be there 15 minutes. And I'm like, no, it's way too long. They're threatening to come in. They're trying to smash our door down. They might, and they ask me like, do they have weapons? Do you see they have weapons? And I'm like, I've got no idea, but they might. Like, they know we're in here, Like the lights are all on everything they can see from outside. At this moment, I'm like, I need to work out what is going on here. So I look out the window just down here and a couple of other people are still there. And I'm like, oh, they must be from that same group of people. Like three, four guys out door, two girls are outside. And I'm just, I like, I open the window. I'm like, what is going, what, what is going on here? I'm calling down like, what are you lot doing? You're like, we've called the police. What are you doing? I'm kind of 
bit scared at that point to be honest i'm like what is going on and then this girl like shouts up at our window it's like i know you've stolen our phone or my phone and i'm just like what i'm like i'm like what are you talking about you're like you've intruded in our flat you're smashing our door down what are you doing and then she's like earlier today someone in a balaclava on a moped drove past me and took my phone out of my hand and i was like okay didn't ask first of all secondly like do you really think that was me do you think I'm the sort of person that would do that? I mean, they don't know me, but fair enough. What transpired was, and the reason why they were there in the first place, I now believe, and we now believe, is that that person had had their phone stolen. And if you know about iPhones and find my iPhone, they had the ping of find my iPhone, and it was pinging in our, like this area right here. So as a result, I think that they thought that for some reason we had stolen it, our flat in particular. Now I, I have I have a lot of you know doubts about that, which I will get to later, but for now in the story, I think that is why they were there. Now, first of all, why they came at quarter to 11 at night, I don't know. And also why they just chose our flat in particular rather than any other flat is another question that I still have. Nonetheless, that gave me a little bit more context as to what was going on here. And made me think, okay, these guys aren't like, mad men that are completely like drunk or whatever or you know off their face and whatever sort of drug or anything i was a bit more like okay i understand now well to be fair i say that i didn't really i was still like panicking i was just like what the fuck's, what is going on we were all just like kind of distressed i probably haven't conveyed that enough my flatmate's heart rate was at 138 for those of you that know about heart rates and my other flatmate had a shot of whiskey so that was the level uh there we go now they said out the window that they'd also called the police and i was like why have you called the police as well? You're the ones that are like coming into our building, smashing the door down, threatening, saying, we're coming in. Now they're saying, I know you've stolen our phone. We're coming in. Really weird one. The police show up and they're just like, well, you can hear them outside. They might be back. I live, we, we live on like a main road. So police coming past is not that, not that, um, not, not that rare. They took ages to come. They're like 15 minutes. Like, come on. They were like, yeah, we were changing shifts. All right, come a bit quicker next time nonetheless they came and it was, it was it was so strange so i was on the phone to the police and i was like where are you and they were like oh a car's now here i was like i don't see a car none of us see a car none of us hear any sirens they were like no trust me it's there then they put me on with one of the policemen who were who were there and they were like yeah we're outside let us in so i did open the door right they said no 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 police open the door four police four policemen well i don't know what we call them officers there two women two men and behind them is this is this geezer like the same guy that rang the doorbell in the first place with the tracksuit on like the same bloke and he's just like seemingly with them and i'm so dumbfounded by this i'm like what is going on why have you let this guy into our apartment block he does he's not a resident here what is going on they immediately asked me and my two flatmates who are behind me have you guys stolen the phone tonight be honest and we're just like what uh, absolutely gobsmacked i'm just like what are you talking about i've just felt very very threatened for possibly the first time in my life in my own home and you're asking me this i'm just like i'm honestly just like gob i'm just like what no first of all obviously not do we look like we, we would have done that second of all these guys just come into our flat and yeah really weird one i did not expect them to say that also one of them was wearing shorts so make of that what you will i mean i'm wearing shorts now but i'm not a police officer crazy i know after that when the police have arrived i've i've calmed down a little bit we've calmed down a little bit we're, we're, we're like okay at least we're not going to die at this moment another thing in our flat is there's no escape like if someone comes through the front door with a knife as, as crazy as this sounds it was going through our heads if someone comes through the door with a, with a knife you can't really get out there's like my my mate's room at, right at the end that has a window that we could probably like jump out of or clamber out of but we're not at ground level but on the first floor you can't just jump down you're gonna get injured so you know we were thinking about that as well a very stressful situation but nonetheless the police are like have you stolen the phone tonight we're like 
obviously not also what is going on why have you let this guy into our building again and then they look at him and they're like well he, he thinks that you've stolen his phone or one of his friend's phones and we're like first of all that is so besides the point i don't care what he thinks he's been smashing or him and his friends been smashing our door down threatening us saying we're coming in no matter what they just seem to forget about that then he starts getting in the mixer and he's like it's so suspect that you guys didn't answer the phone the doorbell if you'd answered we would have left and i was like first of all I've absolutely no right or, or no reason to answer the doorbell to you, someone that I don't know, a complete stranger, again, at quarter to 11 at night. Now, this goes back to my previous point, come earlier in the day, come in the daytime, come with not six of you, come with like two of you or one of you, the person whose phone got stolen and actually like ask a proper question rather than just ringing the bell. And I say that, and then the policeman turns to him, he's like, oh yeah, actually, no, he's got a point. I wouldn't open the door either. And I was like, I was like, what, whose side are you on? It was so bemusing. It was baffling, to be honest. Then, they're like they're like yeah well we have no warrant we're not going to come in i'm like yeah, you're not going to come in obviously you guys didn't know by the way i need to you know put this in here if i hadn't become a youtuber i probably would have been a, a detective i was going through that entire process actually i was actually up to the last the final stage of that application process when youtube kind of took off and i was like well yeah i'm gonna just stick with youtube for now so not, not, not saying that I know how to police, but I know a little bit about like how things should be done slightly. I didn't, didn't get trained, but I did a lot of the application of it and we, we went through a lot of different scenarios. I was very shocked by how they acted. They eventually were like, okay, we're going to leave. We have no warrant to come in. I was like, yeah, of course you don't, first of all, and second of all, wouldn't let you in anyway. That's not true, but yeah, they, have, they had no warrant. I'd said to them, come in, look for a phone. Just get these guys to like F off. Obviously they couldn't. As they're leaving with the bloke as well, like randomly with them tagging along. One of the, the, the women says to me, oh, by the way, if they come back, just call us. And I was like, oh yeah, that's great. How about tell them not to come back into our flat ever again? And secondly, you took so long to come here the first time. I wouldn't even call you. You're a disgrace. I didn't say any of that last bit, but I wanted to. And uh, yeah, then that was that. And the police left, the guys left as well, that group of like six people, two guys, four girls, they left as well. However, we were just left there at that point thinking, first of all, what on earth is going on? First time that's ever happened to any of us. Pretty much people were trying to break into our house while knowing that three of us were in there, three guys. I'm the smallest of which who is six foot. And I mean, I'm not like big, but you know, I'm, I have a frame, whatever that means. The other two guys who are here, uh, who I won't name, but who were here are much bigger than me one of them gyms a lot the other is a big bloke and could you know take on people it was very very confusing as to why these guys were trying to break into a house knowing that us three were in there you know normally an all burglar would look at a a house and see oh there are people in there are lights on i'm gonna go to another house that's why it was so baffling and so scary is because we were like what is going on do they have weapons are they you know trying to like kill us but yeah you get what I'm trying to say. So yeah, after that kind of all transpired, we were just on the sofa. Just I was just absolutely pranging. I was like, are they going to come back? What was their motive in the first place? And yeah, we were just like, what is going on? So that's where I kind of want to ask you lot. What do you think they were doing? I've not given you all the information there because I probably missed out a bit, but I've given you what I can think of at the, at the time of recording and what, what's coming to my mind. Do you think that they were crazy. Do you think they genuinely had had their phone stolen and the ping for find my iPhone was in our flat? And they also mentioned that they'd called every other flat and we were the only ones that didn't answer. But flat four literally weren't in. So that that can't have been the case. I still am thinking about this now, to be fair. I'm still questioning it now. It's 
very strange. Kind of, I've gotten over the, the shock of it now. It's been a bit, but at first I was just like, what, what is actually, what is going on? It was more baffling than anything. It was very disconcerting. So yeah, get in the comments down below. What do you think was really going on here? And uh, yeah, I'd love to get your opinions on it. It is one of the strangest things I would say that's ever happened to me. And it was very stressful. Unless I'm missing something, which I don't think I am. Let me just think to myself. Nah, that's pretty much it. The one thing that I have downplayed is that it actually was legitimately very scary. I will be honest. We were all, well, I mean, I, I won't speak for the others, but I was scared. I was like, what is happening? I was very, very stressed. I was like on the phone, I, my voice was like shaking. I was like, you need to get here now. They're like threatening. I've got, they were like, do they have weapons? I was like, I've got no idea, but they're trying to smash up the door down, mate. And he was like, yeah, I know, there's nothing I can do about it. Honestly, the police were actually just crazy. Fair play, shout out the police. I would have joined you, but in this one moment, they were terrible. They said they were like on a shift change or something, mate. How about just like get here a bit quicker? All all it was is I was thinking like if they had had machetes, we would have probably died. Now they didn't, but they could have done. And that was the point. Now, the one thing was after they left for a period of time, I was thinking, are they going to come back because of what the woman said? And also I was like, well, they they really think off their phone is here. At least they said they did. If they think it that much, they may well come back and try again. So I was a bit like, I was on edge for, for like a day or two, but you know, it's been a week and a half now and nothing's happened. And yeah, I'm now pretty sure that nothing will happen again. And also if it does, then kind of we know what to do. But yeah, I think that is going to do it for this one. There we go. Not a story that I actually plan on telling, but I feel like you guys might enjoy it. Very unstructured, very different to anything I've ever done on the internet before, but that was a real one. Let me know down below. Do you want any more real stories from me? Did you enjoy this? Did it give you a bit of an insight into my life? And did you like that? I don't actually think off the top of my head I have many other stories like that to tell, but I can think of some. And who knows, something like that may happen in the future. And although it'd be bad at the time, it would make for a great video. So there you go. Friend wants to use me as her backup ATM. Next month, I'm going away on vacation with a long time friend. We're going to the Caribbean for five nights. It's not all inclusive, so we will be responsible for paying for food, drinks, and any activities. My friend asked me how much I was bringing in cash. I said $300 cash plus debit and credit cards. She told me she's going to bring $300 in cash, but no debit or credit cards. She said she's on a budget and $300 is her limit. I explained that that comes to around only $60 per day. This is not one of the cheaper Caribbean islands. So after food and drink alone, that won't leave her with much left over. I reminded her that she needs to factor in cabs, incidentals, or any activities we may decide to do. And you never know if an emergency will come up where she'll need money. But she says to me, well, that's why I have you and started to laugh. That angered me to no end. I tell her that we're both adults who are responsible for our own selves. It would be one thing if she lost her purse and needed money. I'd float her money before she even had time to ask. But to purposely use me as her backup ATM? Yeah, that's not going to work. I told her that now that I know what she's up to, I'm not going to go along with it. If she runs out of money, she'll just be asked out and hungry. She needs to bring her cards with her for her own good. She's now telling me I am too harsh and she'll bring extra money but no cards. I told her, do what she wants, but if there's an emergency, she is on her own. Now, the great news about this story is that OP posted an update after the trip ended. And uh, yeah, let's see how it went down and just how her friend reacted. So first of all, OP says, thanks to everyone for the feedback and suggestions. It truly did save the vacation. Here are the highlights. One, 
Some of you said that the hotel would want a credit card on file from the person who made the reservation. Now, my friend was the one who booked the vacation. She put the whole thing on her credit card because she wanted the card points. I told her because the reservation was booked through a third-party app, the hotel would need the original card used to make the reservation. So she was on the hook to bring her credit card. I've got no idea if that is true or not, but it sounded good based on what you guys commented. She wasn't happy that her own greed got her, but at least she brought a credit card. Secondly, others mentioned that she was going to sulk, and sulk she did. When we got to the airport, I told her I was not going to spend the vacation in her misery, so let's hash it out right now. She said that my tone was very rude, as if I was accusing her of trying to mooch off of me, but that's what she was doing. I told her to put herself in my shoes. She was deliberately not being responsible and told me to my face that I was her backup plan and laughed about it. It made me feel used and put upon. She apologized and I apologize for being so harsh. Number three, some of you said she would try to be content with cutting corners. Cabs were prohibitively expensive on the island and they didn't take credit cards. So she looked up how to take the local buses. I was fine with that until we waited 45 minutes in the heat for a bus to take us to the mall, island time. Yep, we only took cabs after that. Number four, a few mentioned that she would go through her cash in the first two days. You were close, two and a half days. There were several markets with local jewelry and crafts that she absolutely loved and they only took cash. So she ran through her money rather quickly. She only brought her credit card, not her debit card. So as someone suggested, I made her sell me right then and there the money that I took out the ATM for her. She paid for the exchange and ATM fees. Five, she tried it with the meals. She ordered something big and wanted to split the bill evenly. Normally, I would not nitpick about that, but I just didn't want her to feel like she still got one over me in any way. Since she used her credit card for meals to save the cash she had, I paid what I owed in cash and she paid the rest, her higher portion, with her credit card. And six, overall, we had a good time. We did a few excursions, had shopping and beach time and relaxed. She even told me it was a good thing she brought her credit card. Things only got weird when I asked her to sell me right then and there at the ATM before I gave her the cash, but she knew why I was being so hard-nosed about it. Well, there we go. I think that that right there is how to deal with Entitled People 101. If you know you're going away with somebody that can be a little bit entitled, says things like, oh, don't worry, you'll just give me money if I run out, stuff like that, I think that is the method. You have to just set your stall out from early, Be hard, be tough on them. They're not gonna like it, but you have to do it and just say, no, this isn't gonna run. This is how things are gonna work. You're gonna spend your own money on the things you buy. I'm gonna do the same. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be your free ATM, obviously. Now, of course, it was a little bit awkward in a couple of moments and you don't want that, but think how awkward and terrible it could have been for you personally, OP, if there had been no credit card provided from your friend and you'd had to fund it all and you probably wouldn't have got the money back, etc., etc. It would have been a terrible trip. So the fact is, because you posted on Reddit, got all that great advice and were really disciplined with your friend, it seemed like you had a good time actually overall. And uh, yeah, if not for that, I really don't think you would have done. Now for our next entitled people's story. A crazy woman attacked my daughter at the movies. My daughter, who is 16, is part of the LGBTQ community and she likes to dress in a very androgynous slash boyish way. This is okay. She's always been like this and this year she's been free to express herself. A few months ago, she got a pixie cut, which looks amazing on her. When the Super Mario movie came out, she went to see it at the cinema with some of her friends. I wasn't there, so this is the story she told me. After the film, they wanted to go somewhere else to eat, but first she went to the toilet in the theater. 
There, she saw a middle-aged woman and her little daughter. Now, my daughter was quick, but when she came out of the stool, the woman confronted her. One of the things she said was, Why are you here? You should not be here. My daughter was obviously confused. And then the woman grabbed her by the hair and shouted, Why are you after my child? My daughter then cried and said, Please, let me go. After begging as if her life depended on it, the woman let her go and then demanded that she prove she was a girl. My daughter cried and froze while this crazy woman screamed at her and told her to take off her trousers. She refused, of course, but a man came in, saw what was happening and said to the woman, Honey, what the hell are you doing? The woman pointed to my daughter and said, This man tried to touch my child. The man just looked at her in confusion and said, Let's get out of here now. So they left and didn't come back security was called but they'd already left the theater my daughter was reunited with her friends and then she called me she was very upset and panicked obviously it was traumatic for her we're still working on it but she's been very quiet in therapy the days after that she tried to dress as feminine as possible she almost looked like barbie but i could tell she was miserable and hated every minute of it We tried begging her to stop and just be herself, but she's afraid that some random person will attack her again. She finally stopped, but is trying to be modest in her style. I've had enough of this town. Since my husband and I became openly LGBTQ allies, we've seen some people ostracize us. Even my sister told me I should match my daughter with a boy to fix her. It's even worse for her, of course, because her school does nothing about bullying and the school district is discussing banning books. I was seriously planning to move to a bigger city and a better state and both my daughter and my husband agreed. I'm very sad that I didn't realize earlier how bigoted this town and my environment are because until last year, we didn't deviate from the norm. I need to make sure that my daughter can be safe and be herself. Since she came out, our bonds as a family have become so much stronger but relations with the rest of the town have deteriorated and many bridges are being burned. But they're not my daughter, so I don't care. Wow, that is incredibly sad, to be honest. Um, the fact that you have to leave an entire area that, hey, maybe maybe it's been a nice place because they're just bigoted or the, the environment and the people are just, you know, openly homophobic is crazy. I can't quite fathom that, but yeah, all I'd say is if you guys all are in agreement and you can financially do it, do it. You've got to for the sake of your daughter and yourselves as well. And you don't want to be around people like that anyway, no matter, you know, which way you swing. But for your daughter, for her to have a life where she feels accepted and doesn't feel forced to dress in a certain way, that is truly tragic. Yeah. You've got to move as quickly as you can. Now, the final post in today's episode is actually an update from another episode of mine that you guys seem to really enjoy. It was from a few days ago. I'll put the link down below in the top line of the description. The thumbnail is on screen right now. But just to remind you briefly of what happened, there are a number of stories, a number of updates from the same person. And we pretty much just went through them all one by one. And I said at the end of that one, if there was another update, then I'd cover it. And there is. So to give a little summary as to what happened overall in that story, it was all about OP going on a family vacation and just not wanting to be a free babysitter. Then his family found his post on Reddit. It kind of got a little bit more tense in the family, as you can probably guess. His sister then demanded he takes all his posts down. He said no. Then there was a final update after the family vacation. And now we have a little bit more. So here we go. Mother and sister saw my last post. They really don't know when to let well enough alone. Hey, mum. Hey, sis. I warned you that if you didn't stop, I would go right back to Reddit. And here I am. 
The short of it is that my mother and sister saw my last post and freaked out My sister was stalking my account for days because she knew i'd post Well, what did she expect that I just say everybody had a good time? She called me and cried that I made her look like a bad mother. I ended up replying Well, if the glass slipper fits my sister argued with me some more But I asked her to name anything in the post that was a lie She tried several times but I pointed out that every detail was spot on. So what does she do? She calls mummy. Then my mother showed up at my door demanding I delete all the posts. I told her no. And now I have ammunition for one more. I ended up making her leave crying. I spoke with my mother and father over the phone later and bluntly told them that their enabling of my sister led to the previous family dynamic. I will never go back to how things were. So if they have any hope of that left, I'm stuffing it out for good. My parents then told my sister for the love of God to stop blaming me and to leave me alone. They can't take the stress of my retaliation anymore. Well, my sister had a literal no one loves me pity party and my parents had to snap her back to reality. My brother-in-law hasn't called. Pretty sure he's staying indifferent slash neutral. But this can't be good for his marriage or my familial connection to him. So out of respect to my brother-in-law, I am sorry, man. But your wife just pushed me too far currently my parents are insisting my sister gets counseling because she can't be a mum and juggle the habits of her old life too woman up as they say either way i'm hoping this is my last post you hear that sis if you don't stop thinking i should have been your personal slave babysitter watchdog etc etc and you want to keep acting like the whole world is against you because you can't lord over me then we can't be around each other Maybe we can get along and move past this rubbish if you're willing. Don't give me a reason to write anything else and the Reddit posts about you end here. I'll only post ones involving me and the treatment I get from people. Treat me like a decent human being and this will be over. Capiche? And then we actually have one more final update from OP in this same post. My parents and I had a long talk in which they have apologized. And for the moment, we've agreed that I'll keep a bit of distance until Thanksgiving. I also had a man-to-man talk with my brother-in-law last night over some cold beers. He told my sister she needed counseling or he would separate from her. And they're in the process of finding her a counselor. He also told me that while my sister was an absolute witch to me, at home, she's a very loving and endearing wife. But she also admitted that she likes being an only child. We're nearly a decade apart in age, so my sister held on to some resentment about that for a long time and just let it build up. She's agreed that she does need counseling. Hang on, I need to, hang on. Your sister is 10 years older than you then, right? I, I assume I'm getting that right. And is acting like this. I, I don't know why, I just presumed you were similar ages, but she's 10 years older than you and acting like a two-year-old. Unbelievable, what a person. Nonetheless, uh, let's carry on. She's agreed that she does need counseling and will be going as soon as they get it set up. They've also found a qualified babysitter to look after my nephews. Aside from those things, my brother-in-law did admit that he was angry with me too, but didn't step in when I needed him. So we've agreed that this was all just a very bad situation that needs to be ended. So we're just gonna let it rest in peace from here on out. And lastly, these posts have gotten me a girlfriend. The girl I like had a feeling it was me after she read them and was just waiting for me to say something and we'll be going on our first date tonight. So I thank everybody here for their immense support. I really needed it. And there we go. Nice little ending there. Good to see some positivity come from this story. It does actually sound like, you know, after all that's that's been said and done. And guys, if you haven't, by the way, seen an entire episode that has about four different stories from OP about his family, go and watch that link down below. It, uh, it looks like we're getting somewhere. 
people are, are making up apologies are happening people are maturing a little bit in your sister's case i don't know if that's true but at least she's accepted that she needs to go to counseling that's a pretty crazy thing to do to be fair i mean i rate it i really do uh yeah she has the ultimatum from her husband but still it's a good thing to do to accept that you know what i need to i need to improve her or, or work on some things sister wants my wedding because it doesn't count as i'm gay this is so unreal to me that a person has this much audacity but apparently my sister does i a 28 year old woman met my soon-to-be wife noah when she moved to my country for work she was freshly divorced but has a little girl who was five called lena Lena is the sweetest and it's been wonderful getting to know her Noah divorced her husband after realizing she was gay and he ran for the hills Stating he didn't want anything to do with her or Lena in case she passes it on Whatever the frick that means I proposed to Noah 10 months ago as I know she'd be too nervous to It wasn't extravagant. I just asked her over dinner with Lena's blessing We've agreed we want it simple and intimate for the wedding Her first wedding was big and she hated it so just family and close friends my parents have offered to give us some money to help towards it even though we've reassured them it isn't going to be a big affair but they wanted lena to get a pretty flower girl dress and wanted to pay for my dress and whatever noah will wear probably a suit enter my entitled younger sister kate who acts like she and her boyfriend are engaged but he's too scared to actually ask her She's the golden child spoilt and gets whatever she wishes She's made some remarks about noah already having a child and being a divorcee But I told her to lose the ignorance just because she decided to stay in our small hometown and not expand her personality Doesn't mean she can say stuff like that over dinner last night She started whining about how I didn't need any money and she didn't know why we were bothering with the wedding when noah has done it all before This is something Noah is insecure about, so I get protective of her. Kate went on to say that she could reuse her first wedding dress and started cackling. Her boyfriend looked embarrassed and my parents told her to be quieter, but no one said anything else. My parents have come to me and said it made sense to them if they give more money to my sister's wedding fund as it will be her first and only wedding. They're not even engaged yet. Totally ignoring the fact that I have never been married I told them to keep all of their money as it wasn't welcome if they were going to shame my wife and stepdaughter We are perfectly able to fund it on our own. Well, there we go guys What a way to start off today's episode with a little bit of homophobia I didn't want anything else than that. I mean, that's brilliant. What a start that thoroughly enjoyed that as always But hey, all I'll say is in all seriousness now All you can do is do exactly as you are doing pay for it yourself don't invite any of your family. I mean, the parents, if anything, enabling this behavior, absolutely disgusting. You expect entitled behavior. Sadly, you do from certain people in the world. You really do. Look, I know it's 2023, but we all know that people are still homophobic out there, you know, racist. People are just horrible. But from your own family, that is really, really mental. I don't really understand how that's possible. But hey, as I said, don't invite any of them. Just don't now for our next entitled people story now This one is unbelievable and has a crazy twist at the end My brother slept with and ran off with my ex and now wants an invite to my wedding Getting my parents uninvited in the process. I a 24 year old male wasn't even going to make a post about this But my brother who i'll call turk made four posts about it So I thought I should share my side of the story now the amazing thing about this guys is that OP has actually linked to his brother's posts and we're going to get into them at the end. I'll use the same names he did for the sake of simplicity. My fiance is Maria and my ex is Jen. A little over five years ago, my brother started dating Maria, my now fiance. Three months after they started dating, they set me up with her now ex-best friend, Jen. 
The four of us did a lot together since the girls were best friends. Turk and Maria dated for a year and Jen and I dated for nine months. At the end of our relationship, I came home early and found Turk and Jen having sex in my bed. After I processed the situation, I called Maria because I'd want to know if I was in her place. She came over and we confronted Turk and Jen. They dumped us and I found out two days later, started dating each other. It broke me. I came home to find my brother screw my girlfriend only to then run off with her. I had to move back in with my parents. It was infuriating because they kept talking about how happy Turk and Jen were. Throughout the next couple of months, Maria and I started talking. We were two people in similarly trashy situations and we found some comfort in each other. So four months after we got dumped, Maria and I officially started dating. Six months after we got dumped, Turk found out that Jen was cheating on him and she left him for another guy. I actually only found this out today from reading Turk's post. Maria would get the occasional message from Turk trying to reconnect, but she ignored him. Anyway, moving on to now, Maria and I are engaged and getting married in September. My parents were invited until my mum called me and threatened to not come if I didn't invite Turk. I told her to not bother coming regardless. In my mother's eyes, Turk can do no wrong. When he screwed and started dating my ex, I told my parents everything he did and my mom tried defending him. Our relationship isn't the greatest, but it was somewhat decent. After I uninvited my parents, I only uninvited my mom, but my dad texted me and said he's not coming if my mom isn't. Turk blew up my phone trying to get a hold of me. This is the first time he's even tried reaching out to me in four years. Like I said before, Turk posted about the situation here on Reddit as well. And apparently my parents told him that Maria and I were getting married and that started this whole thing of them getting uninvited. He stopped calling me, but he's blowing up my phone with texts, begging me to reinvite my parents and possibly give him an invite. So yeah, I just wanted to get my side out there. Okay, well that's frankly a ridiculous post. And as I said, we're now gonna get into Turk's post unbelievably here we go okay guys so remember that this is the previous op's brother turk posting on r slash am i wrong a new subreddit one that i've not heard of this looks interesting who says this am i wrong for accidentally getting my parents uninvited from my brother's wedding back when my ex maria and i were dating we set my brother arthur up with his ex jen who was maria's i guess now ex best friend Maria and I dated for about a year and Arthur and Jen dated for about nine months. We constantly do things together since Maria and Jen were best friends. Out of our little group, my personality matched Jen's the most, which led to us getting close. I felt so comfortable around her and we both had a moment of weakness. We were at a party and we did the deed. We snuck around for about a week before Arthur and Maria found out. Jen and I decided we'd be better together, so we broke off our relationship and started dating each other. Jen and I dated for about six months and it was amazing until I found out she was cheating on me and she left me for another guy. I was heartbroken. I thought I'd found my match. I kept thinking about how good Maria then was to me. In hindsight, she treated me way better than Jen ever did. I went to message her to beg her to take me back, but I decided to look at her Instagram pictures first And that's when I found out that her and Arthur had started dating in the six months Jen and I were together. They've been together for four years now. And I found out from my parents that they're getting married in September. It hurt so much finding that out. What hurt even more was the fact that I didn't receive an invite. I mean, I know things have happened between us, but Arthur and I are brothers. 
We're family. When I told my parents I hadn't received an invite, they phoned Arthur and tried to get him to invite me. But all that ended up doing is getting them uninvited. I tried calling Arthur to get them reinvited and to get myself invited, but he didn't answer any of my calls. My parents haven't said anything, but I feel like they're mad at me for getting them uninvited from Arthur's wedding. So, am I wrong for accidentally getting my parents uninvited from my brother's wedding? And there we go. That concludes possibly the weirdest couple of posts that I've read on on Reddit in a, in a long time. I mean, back to back, people talking about the same event just with totally different perspectives. All I can say is the brother, the one that I just read here. But what's wrong with you, my friend? Seriously, what's wrong with you? I mean, everything that you've just written there is just so ridiculous. It's crazy. You deserve everything that you got and obviously you're not going to be invited to your brother's wedding. And also, it's not even your fault that your parents aren't invited because that's their actions, right? So yeah, you accidentally got them uninvited, but they chose to side with you over him, even though you're the one that cheated with his girlfriend. I mean, that is just, it's just so crazy. Ryan Giggs, anyone? Ryan Giggs. Right then, now moving on to our next Entitled People post. I should have sacrificed myself for her. So I'm not entirely sure if this qualifies as an entitled parent or just someone who's mentally insane, but this just happened a few hours ago. So here goes. I am a 29 year old man and I work for a small hardware store in my city. I'm about 6'2", chubby, but still muscular from all the heavy lifting I do for work. Early this morning, me and we will call her Nancy, who is 49, were at the store before opening to do inventory. It was about an hour before opening and Nancy went outside to grab something from her car. She came back in a few minutes later at gunpoint with someone walking behind her. Now, I've never been involved in any kind of robbery before, aside from minor shoplifting attempts. So I froze in place. The gunman pointed it at me, telling me to keep my hands visible and to follow them. Nancy was technically the opening manager and therefore had the keys to the store and vault in the back office. So he held me up while she emptied it. He was gone in about 10 minutes, but it felt like an eternity. Our store doesn't have any kind of silent alarm. So once we were sure he was gone, I went and called 911. Now, after I get off the phone, Nancy comes up to me and asks, word for word, what the frick is wrong with you? I stare at her completely caught off guard and asked her what she was talking about. She proceeds to rant at me up until the police arrive. To sum up her rant, she basically said I was a pathetic excuse of a man for not protecting a single mother when I was in danger. I asked her what she expected me to do in that situation. She expected me to try and get the gun away from him so he couldn't hurt her. It was around that point that the police arrived to take our statements and ensure that we were okay. My actual boss is on vacation this week, but has given me the next two days off. Paid. I love that guy. That is to recover from the shock of the situation, and he said to call him if I need anything. I haven't told him about Nancy's rant yet. I'm still trying to process everything she said to me. Okay, well, that is absolutely unbelievable that she said that in that situation, but there is an update to this one as well. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Not sure if this is how you do an update, but here goes. I just wanted to start by thanking everyone for the kind words and advice I was given. It was definitely the scariest moment of my life. 
and I've decided I'm going to look into potential therapy. Before the actual updates, I just wanted to explain a few things based on some comments I saw in my original post. First of all, the hardware store I work for is small just in the physical sense. It's still technically one of the big name hardware stores in the US, just not warehouse size like the ones with the orange and blue logos. Two, when I said that Nancy had emptied the vault, I wasn't referring to an actual safe or lockbox. The vault in our store refers to a small, double-locked room where they store the money orders the store receives from the big armored trucks. And three, Nancy actually is the HR manager for our store. Because the store manager was out of town for the week, she was the acting store manager along with one other person who was off that day. My actual store manager, Nancy, and the third associate are the only ones with keys to the vaults. So now for the update. To be honest, I'm not sure if I'm more angry or scared right now, but I got off the phone with my store manager half an hour ago. He was reviewing the security camera footage that was sent to him from his hotel room. I knew the store had cameras, what I didn't know is that we have cameras that face the parking lot. Some of you mentioned it in the comments, so you may not be surprised to hear that Nancy has been arrested for assisting in robbing the store. I can't go into extreme detail, but according to my boss, the gunman was seen exiting Nancy's car when she went outside. They spoke for a bit before walking back up to the store. I don't know much else aside from that the guy was her new boyfriend. What? This episode has actually been insane. Oh my gosh. I'm feeling so many different emotions right now. Confusion, anger, fear, etc. She traumatized someone 20 years younger for a few thousand dollars. I don't know if she was cheering me out about the single mother thing because she'd hoped I would have done something to warrant getting shot over. All I know is that this woman who originally did my hiring interview is mentally insane. As I said, I think I'm going to look into therapy for this. It's just too much for me to process alone. My boss has offered me additional leave of absence if needed as well. So for now, I'm going to take some time off. And if I get any more info I can share, I'll further update you. And there's another actually insane post. Uh, what, what is it with this episode in particular? Just the most crazy post. What? What is that? A, a, what? A hardware store? Assisted robbery? Mad. I don't know if this really counts as entitled, to be honest, or if it's just crazy. Now, this was posted just five days ago. So as of yet, there hasn't been an update to this. But I'm so interested to see what happens as a result of this. This is absolutely ridiculous. I can't quite believe the level of stories that I've read in this one episode. Wow. What's really, really scary is that there was actually no need for her to say, like she'd already achieved her objective, right? Of getting the money or whatever it was in the vault. Why did she then say to UOP? Like, why was she so angry and saying, why didn't you jump in and help? The only thing I can think about or can fathom in my mind is that she actually did want you to get involved so that there was an excuse for you to be shot, like you said, which is such a weird like mental thing to think of but i actually can't think of anything else if you guys can think of any other logic not saying there is much logic in this story at all or from nancy but if you can think of any other reason as to why nancy chewed you out afterwards other than what i just said please comment down below because at this moment i can't and that is extremely worrying nonetheless i hope that her and her new boyfriend go to prison for a long long time and you get the help you need that is terrifying. Karen preaches to my child. My eldest is having a play date with a friend and her mum comes to pick her up. I'm in my bedroom with Streetlight Manifesto playing and my boyfriend watching the kids. He comes to get me, saying that mummy dearest wants to talk to me about my music and rolls his eyes. So I go and she immediately starts with the, you let your children listen to such blasphemy. And I tell her, it's really not blasphemy if we don't believe in God. She then gets so outraged that we need to see the light. 
So I snap back at her leave my house immediately or I will have my boyfriend assist you in finding your way to the exit I send her an email the next morning. Hi, emily. This is famer I'm very concerned about your insistence on my preaching to my children and do not appreciate you insulting me and my children Especially not in front of my child I would very much like for you to keep your religion to yourself and your family If you find what you need in your god, that is wonderful for you and i'm truly happy for you But we do not share your beliefs and we very much do not want you pushing your beliefs on us And especially not our children who do not yet possess the critical faculties to understand such difficult concepts as a courtesy I will refrain from playing atheist music while your child is over. I got a message back Famer, i'm very sorry for my attitude the other day My mother's currently in the hospital and I wasn't having a great day I understand you have a difference of beliefs and will respect that in the future Thank you for coming to me instead of just attacking me So I think it's settled and I let my daughter go to her play date despite my boyfriend wanting to chaperone I should have let him when I pick up my child We start driving home and I ask what they did and if she had fun and she says we watched a movie about jesus Luckily my child already knows about christianity and that they have their beliefs But that we mummy and daddy do not share those beliefs But now I have to figure out how i'm going to answer the but why questions from a five-year-old that I was hoping I could put off until she was better equipped to understand apologia and its critiques because I don't have any real issues with Christians or Christianity that aren't based in the logical failings of their arguments for the existence of God. I became an atheist because I studied philosophy. So I sent another email to Emily. Emily, this is Famer. Please explain to me why you thought it appropriate after our last conversation to proselytize to my child. Here is the response. Famer, I'm sorry. I figured you wouldn't mind giving you espouse the virtues of atheism in your home that I at least provide a counter to your blasphemy. Children should be allowed to decide whichever path they wish on their own. Emily, I responded. Thank you for responding. I will no longer be letting my child over to your house unsupervised and your child is no longer welcome over at ours unsupervised I'll be taking further actions as necessary through the school I advise you don't weaponize your child in this and allow them to continue to be friends However, should you fail this I will seek a no contact order and go to the police to report your harassment Any further correspondence can go through my boyfriend as frankly You don't want my patience to run any thinner than it already is His contact information is attached and i've cc'd him to this thread now We haven't heard back. Well, I hope after that threat I mean, it's so ridiculous that you even need to make that threat of your boyfriend getting involved That that is going to be the end of that story and it certainly looks as if it is but yeah Overall, I will say I completely agree with you op It's one thing having your own beliefs and your own religion and i'm completely here for that And as you said yourself if you believe in whatever you believe in that is completely fine and genuinely Yeah, i'm happy for people that have their beliefs and whatever they believe in it's all good with me But once you start forcing and pushing those beliefs onto other people's children yeah that i don't really agree with now moving on to our next entitled parent story now i will give a little bit of a warning before we get into this one it's a little bit graphic perhaps um if you're not very good with blood or bodily fluids or that sort of stuff maybe you want to avoid and just skip to the the third story of this episode but it's a really good story to be honest and a serious story and one that i wanted to cover and show you guys so if you're keen Here we go. My mum, a 41-year-old woman, believes me, a minor under the age of 17, vomiting blood and having violent diarrhea is because I don't exercise enough. I am currently sitting on the toilet writing this in incredible pain. 
Yesterday night, I was sent to the ER because my stomach was in serious pain. I came back with violent diarrhea and I ended up vomiting blood all over my floor. My mum claims that she cannot take care of it and that I should be able to when I'm literally pooping blood. She's been told multiple times for over a year to take me to a gastrointestinal specialist because I'm suffering symptoms of something chronic, but she will not take me. She believes that it is my fault I am this way when I try my absolute best to take care of myself when suffering from severe mental illness. She took them saying that I should see a specialist as a F you I was right on her part and is claiming that if I just ate better, I'd be fine. She is aware I'm recovering from an eating disorder and before that ever started, I had serious stomach issues. Last night, I threw up blood and bile onto my room floor and I'm unaware how to clean it, being that the smell would most likely make me vomit again. It's a genuine biohazard, but she has forbidden me from cleaning it myself Saying that she doesn't want to deal with me asking how and that she'll get it But she said this last night and now almost 10 She's not remotely began to help clean it or tell me how to clean it I cannot change clothes because it's in my room. I cannot sleep because it's in my room I cannot put on pants because it's in my room and when I ask her to just tell me how to clean it She refuses. I don't know what to do at this point and it's gotten to a point that the pain in my stomach will temporarily paralyze my limbs and cause me to go unconscious. No matter how bad it gets, she always ends up saying that there's no way I can have these health problems because I'm too young. When she's the one that goes to the doctor for a minor headache but won't take her child to a doctor despite being repeatedly referred by doctors to do so. I'm scared for my life as the pain gets worse by the day and I'm barely even digesting food anymore. I cannot even drink water without risking my body rejecting it. Okay, so this is pretty much just abuse. Anyone got any, uh, anyone got any contrasting opinions? Leave them in the comments down below. I doubt it though. It literally is just abuse of your child. Is it not? Am I wrong? Am I missing something? It is. I mean, like, you're vomiting blood and saying, first of all, let's not go to the doctor or A&E. And second of all, let's not even bother cleaning it up, guys. Let's just leave it there. That was your fault. I want you to deal with it. But I'm not even going to tell you how. Such good parenting. Ugh, let's carry on. Now for our third entitled parent story of this episode. How my wife ruined her mum's Mother's Day by treating her like a mum. My mother-in-law is an annoying person to say in the nicest way. She has extremely low self-worth and she compensates that by forcing the world to go around her. As family who interact with her regularly, we're forced to treat her like a queen. Every day, every minute. If we don't, then there will be drama. All the way from pouting, going to her room, fainting, leaving the house to full-blown breakdown, including saying, why should I live on this planet anymore if no one cares about me? Yeah, to see an old lady say she'll kill herself just because we don't give her a few minutes of attention is a bizarre thing to witness. So it's exhausting to be around her, but what else can my wife and my sister-in-law do? She is their mum, and they both try their darn best to make her feel special. But they'd also like to interact with her as their mum too, not just as some out-of-touch royalty. They would like to crack jokes, chat about general things and share their problems, not having to be constantly worried what statement might tick her off. When they were kids in her orbits, things were fine, as she controlled them, and that made her feel as though she was the centre of attention. But now that they're married, have family of their own, and that she is not the anchor of the family, 
she started becoming more and more demanding that we perform some elaborate rituals to make her feel special. It's becoming extremely exhausting. So onto the actual event itself. My mother-in-law and father-in-law have traveled to our country and are staying with us for a short time to help us with the kids as we all live halfway across the globe. My wife planned an elaborate Mother's Day event centered around my mother-in-law, even though she herself is a mum too. One of those that included lunch and a popular ethnic cuisine restaurants. By the way, had she not planned it herself, there would have been a snarky comment at the end of the day saying, seems like you don't care about your mum enough to plan something for me. I was waiting the whole day for you to do something. Anyway, morning went uneventfully as we've been pampering the grown-up toddler and my mother-in-law was quite jubilant. We go to the restaurant and I and our elder one go in to set up the table as my wife is bringing the others in, my mother-in-law, father-in-law and our little one. My two-year-old, the real toddler, decides to throw a tantrum for toddler reasons, but then my mother-in-law sees this beautiful garden in front of the restaurant and wants my wife to take her picture. My mother-in-law doesn't care about anything and forces my wife to take several pictures as my wife is holding a crying, fussing, and kicking toddler at her hip. Having basked in the glory of being the center of attention, my mother-in-law is satisfied enough and they all come in. My wife is ticked off from that, but tries her best to be cheerful. The waiter comes in to take the order, and right then, my mother-in-law decides to go to the restroom. My wife asks her to order before going, as the kids will get hangry if we wait for long. But the big mistake my wife did was she asked in a normal tone, a regular conversational tone, instead of a pleading or pleasing pampering tone. How dare we order her royalty on what to do? That was strike one. As me and my wife are looking at the bazillion choices and trying to order for kids, ourselves, spice level, etc, etc, we got absorbed into ordering without paying attention to the most important person. My mother-in-law wasn't the center of attention for two full minutes. How dare we? That is strike two. We didn't notice that or ask what she wants. She asked if they have a particular ethnic dish, which is a regular staple we have almost every day at home, like a grilled cheese sandwich, that too in an indifferent meek tone. She was indirectly implying that she's just a nobody because of strike one and two, and therefore she was ordering some peasant food. That was our cue to realize our mistake, prostrate before her, beg her forgiveness, and bring the world back into alignment before things go downhill. We failed to notice that change in her tone, which was strike three. Instead, my wife suggests, Mum, we have that almost every day at home, so why don't you... But my mother-in-law cuts her off, saying, I know that. Are you saying I don't know that? And then storms to the restroom. We're all figuring out what the frick happened, and we finish ordering. My mother-in-law comes back and unloads on my wife how she has disrespected her. We brought her to this country, and ever since then, my wife has made it her mission to do nothing but continuously humiliate her, and then she starts crying. I quickly realized what had conspired, but my innocent wife, whose heart is only filled with love and not such evil games, doesn't realize drama that my mother-in-law wants. Instead, she's trying to understand how suggesting that the dish is a regular staple at home is humiliating. And my mother-in-law goes, you're implying I'm dumb and don't even know this. You have ruined Mother's Day. All daughters do special things on Mother's Day and here you are ruining mine with a few other delectable quotes. My wife says again and again, that's just a regular thing to say to your mum. But my mother-in-law is adamant that my wife humiliated her by implying that she is dumb for not knowing it's a staple dish we regularly eat at home. 
so she storms off to sit outside. Seriously, that was the entire discussion for a full five minutes. It was extremely bizarre to see a 60-year-old woman throw a tantrum and accuse her daughter because she said, it's a regular staple we eat at home. Now, normally we would run after her and apologize and beg her to come back and keep apologizing throughout lunch, which is what she wanted after three strikes. But this time we were so over this BS having been through similar ones so many times. So we just sat and ate in peace without an extra side of drama. But my wife was heartbroken. She'd done all this planning, wanted to be a good daughter, wanted her mum to feel special, and in the end has ruined Mother's Day by talking to her mum as a mum and not as a royal. So a 60-year-old woman started crying in the middle of lunch rush in a popular restaurant, all because we didn't give her attention for five minutes while busy ordering food for our kids. There are hundreds of other similar stories, but this is one of the clearest what the frick just happened. Honestly, guys, if I had someone like that in my family, I think I'd just have to retire and say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I actually just don't even want to be affiliated with you in any single way anymore. You are that annoying. Why is a 60-year-old woman acting like the youngest at that table when there is also a two-year-old there? I mean, whose tantrum was worse? Genuinely, the two-year-olds who was tantruming because they're a toddler or a 60-year-old woman's because your daughter asked you a question. Like, what is actually going on you just know exactly what sort of person she is like i don't even have to meet this person to know exactly how they function day to day as op said thinking the entire world revolves around them but just being so annoying and just like precious and almost like a princess i mean is describing her as royalty is absolutely perfect that is exactly how she thinks she is that everyone should bow down to her she needs a you know a taste for her own medicine i don't know exactly what that would entail if you have any ideas comment down below how does op and his family how do we let this woman or make this woman realize that she is so so entitled i want to hear your thoughts my horrible mother-in-law is homeless and my wife and i don't care i'm a 25 year old man and i'm married to a 26 year old woman named carol and her mother danielle who is 61 is a complete bag of garbage and that's the nicest thing to say during carol's childhood danielle would always belittle carol and manipulate her into the most bs stuff mostly always claiming that her father abandoned them in colorado to seek fame and fortune in california and refusing to pay child support whereas she would actually spend said child support on her own self buying books and clothes and not supporting her daughter danielle also changed carol's last name on social security to danielle's last name when she was a little kid which made it incredibly difficult for carol to find a job as an adult because she was an illegal alien to the u.s government that meant she had one last name on her birth certificate and a different last name on her social security card danielle also had a very bad job that didn't pay the best and had to get an apartment with carol under carol's name because danielle had terrible credit and Carol had a zero credit score because she was 18 at the time and didn't have her own bills to pay. Danielle kept getting on Carol's case about not having a job, but Carol said she couldn't because of the name issue. They ended up getting evicted due to failure to pay rent because Danielle's job wasn't enough to pay for a luxury apartment and she had to move in with grandma. Danielle later lost her job during COVID and has been unemployed ever since. There's way too many scenarios about how Danielle would take advantage of her own daughter, but I don't want to bore you guys with the details. Anyway, on to the story. Back in late 2021, while me and Carol were engaged, she wanted to join the US Navy. She got her name changed back to her father's last name on social security to match her birth certificate and even gave her recruiter child custody papers to prove her name. 
She enlisted, got through basic, completed her A schooling, and got her orders to serve on a ship. We got married in September 2022 before she was shipped to Virginia for her new orders. While Carol was serving and I spent time packing my belongings to move out to Virginia myself, I learned that Danielle was going to therapy to possibly move on. Or so I imagined. I tried so dang hard to stay away from her during that time, but she was always bugging me, wondering why Carol wasn't talking to her during the day. I let her know on repeated occasions that she has no cell service on her ship, but to her, it was just one of those in one ear and right out the other things. I eventually made it to Virginia in December of 2022 to be with Carol. We've been ignoring all of Danielle's calls for a while. Fast forward to April. Carol gets a text from Danielle asking her to call her to talk. They talk on the phone for a while and Carol learns that her grandma is not doing well. I also get my brother's high school graduation invitation in the mail and I want to see him graduate in May, which means Carol wants to see her grandma because she fears that she may not make it to the end of 2023. Danielle seemed to be super nice and Carol and I both thought she changed because of all the therapy that she's been getting. So, Last week, we fly back to Colorado and Danielle loads us her car while we're there and was being way too nice to us, like a decent human. So we see my brother walk across the stage and Carol gets to see her grandma. While there, we learn that grandma wants to move into a more safer place with Carol's aunt because of her health. And Danielle has to move somewhere else because in her eyes, everyone doesn't want to take me in because the family doesn't like me. We told her that if we weren't living in a 650 square foot one bedroom apartment on the other side of the country then we could help her again she starts being even nicer to us while still in colorado i even warned carol that her being nice could mean something bad in the future given her past behavior carol agreed a few days after we flew back to virginia which was just five days ago carol gets a text from danielle saying that she's gonna have to live in her car because nobody will help her Carol asked her why she can't get a job and get her own apartment and she said that I can't get a job at my age and it's been too long and it's very expensive to live on your own, especially in Colorado. Carol told her that we unfortunately can't help her because one, we live in a small apartment and two, we live seven states away on the other side of the country. So now here we are today. I'm at work and I get a call from Carol saying that she needs to be with me. I ask if everything's okay because I can tell that she's not. She said she'd talk about it when she got there. 30 minutes later, she shows up and I go on my lunch break with her. She tells me that her mum literally asked for $1,000 to help her move from Colorado to Virginia so that she could be with us. $1,000! We told her multiple times that we couldn't help her because we don't have that kind of room. We let alone don't have $1,000 to just give away. We live paycheck to paycheck. I was so flabbergasted and carol told me that her being super super nice in recent times was way too good to be true Which is what I felt would happen. She either didn't get the therapy she needed or she lied I don't know what the case was there because there's no proof now I wasn't around for this part But carol and danielle argued over the phone more like cussing each other out per se Daniel was upset with Carol for not providing a home for her when she did it for her first 20 years of life and now Carol can't return the favor. Carol then told her mother, just F off already, before hanging up and blocking her completely. So Danielle is now homeless and living in her Nissan Sentra. 
but we couldn't care less. All those years, Karen had to endure due to Danielle's entitled and narcissistic behavior is now biting her in the butt. And nobody wants to live with her because of this. Because that female dog only cares about herself and knows what she's doing is wrong and doesn't give a dang. I personally and honestly don't care if she dies. I will pee on her grave when that happens. Well, there we go. You know what? I would normally say that letting your mother-in-law become homeless, despite how horrible a person they may be, is a pretty terrible thing to do. If you can help, it's always a good thing to do, surely. Even if you don't like them and you don't get on with them. But I think this story is an exception. First of all, you're living paycheck to paycheck anyway, and there's a very limited amount of things that you could do, especially financially. I mean, she's asking for $1,000, which just doesn't exist. Also, it doesn't cost $1,000 to move from Colorado to Virginia. I don't believe that. Secondly, the fact of the matter is, she's been a terrible mother to your wife for her entire childhood. Therefore, even if you had unlimited money, I'd probably say, you know what, fair enough. Don't help her at all. Let her rot and let her be homeless. As horrible as that may sound. I mean, ultimately, this is just payback in its finest form. No one wants her around. I wonder why. Maybe because she's a horrible person. Get nicer and then maybe people will want to help you. That is my solution, Karen. Now for our next Entitled Parents story. Entitled Parents tell me to F off in my own yard? Enjoy your free shower. A few years ago, I lived in a house that was a block away from a public park. It was a very large park and I noticed two soccer games occurring when I left one Saturday to go to the grocery store. When I returned home about 45 minutes later, I saw there was a truck parked beside my property. The occupants of that truck were on my property. There were two children dressed in soccer uniforms, their mum and dad and a large Doberman. The Doberman was lying on a picnic blanket, the parents were setting up their family's picnic lunch and the children were chasing each other all on my front lawn. I couldn't believe my eyes. I pulled my car into my driveway and walked over to the family, asking them why they were on my property. The entitled mother then snarked at me. What does it look like? We're eating lunch. I asked why they're not eating in the public park that's a block away. And she responded, it's more peaceful here. In complete shock, I then said, this is private property and you all need to leave now. The mother's response, go freak yourself, you little dog. I was furious. I pay the mortgage. I do all the lawn work. And you think it's okay to trespass and tell me where to go on my own property? This was the easiest revenge ever. I walked right beside them to the outside tap that was attached to my sprinkler system and turned it on. The family started screaming and grabbed all their stuff as they ran to their truck. The mother and father screamed obscenities the whole time and said they were going to get me. Well, this is where revenge number two came in. I downloaded my security camera footage, which showed their license plate, and I brought it to my next door neighbor, who just happened to be a police officer working that day. The parents were charged with trespassing, and I had a smile on my face for the rest of the day. And there we go. R slash entitled parents, but with a little bit of petty revenge at the same time. Just simple enough. Like, what are you doing? You can't go on someone else's lawn. It's It's just illegal. And the least you deserve is to be sprayed off it with a rather beautiful piece of water hosiery. And what a word that is that I've almost definitely just made up. But I love it. Water hosiery, put it in the dictionary. Mother is upset I use my first name in class. I teach philosophy and epistemology to high schoolers. I'm also fairly young for a high school teacher. I introduce myself as Faye, my given first name, which has been my given name since birth to my students. Well, I got an email from a parent reading. Mademoiselle Betancourt, this is Karen and I'm Kevin's mother. 
I'm deeply disturbed that you allow students to call you by your first name And I believe this is unprofessional and confuses children My child's test scores clearly reflect this as your class is the only one he is struggling in and as he has maintained an outstanding academic performance It is clear that you are the problem I highly suggest that in order to better teach my child you reflect on this and begin to use your professional name So I responded karen. Thank you for reaching out to me I'm awfully glad you are so concerned with your child's performance in my class as you might not be aware I do not grade homework or tests as official standing and they go only to show an empiricist view of one's performance Don't worry, this means the grades you see in the system will be different from the final grade as your child will have 100% in my class. This was made clear in my syllabus. You should also note that I attach my comments for every assignment and include an annotated copy of your child's exams and essays so that they may see where they need to improve. If you have specifics about concepts your child is struggling with and ways that might better help him learn these concepts, I'd be more than happy to meet with you over coffee or tea to discuss with you. So she responds, The annotations are incredibly vague and abstract and offer little insight into how my child, who is brilliant, may improve. However, I see you mark him wrong every time he refers to you as Mademoiselle Betancourt and replace it with Faye. It is illogical to ask of a child to indulge in using such a silly name. I highly advise you quit marking my child wrong for using your professional name in his essays. Likewise, I believe that as you are his teacher, you should use your professional name. So I decide to be petty and respond. Thank you for your response. I appreciate how illogical and unsound your argumentation is, as this is a perfect example of Hume's law. I shall be using this to model in class examples of bad argumentation from now on. Thank you for the free class materials. I got a response back from her, but I didn't respond. Okay, and there we go. Just had a look at what Hume's law is, and it's often formulated as one can't derive an ought from an is. So I guess in this situation, the teacher is saying that, yeah, okay, maybe you think that I ought to do something, but that isn't the fact. I I do what I want. Maybe I'm wrong there. That seems to be what she's saying. Now, as for this story on the whole, I would say that, yeah, it is pretty normal in school to to call your teachers by their surnames. However, clearly this teacher, Mademoiselle Betancourt, I mean, to be honest, I shouldn't say that, Faye, has clearly been allowed by her school, by the principal, whatever, to, to call herself or at least allow her students to call herself by her given name, her first name. Otherwise, she'd be reprimanded, right? I don't imagine there's a way in which the te- her other teachers, her colleagues, the principal, her head of year, whatever, know that she, or don't know that she is calling herself Faye and like, oh, we didn't realize this. Every other teacher calls themselves by their surnames. I imagine that everyone knows that she does this and she's been allowed to do this. Therefore, if you're allowed to do it and you want to do it, that's fine, right? If anything, I would say that it's more friendly with your students and you probably have a better rapport. I don't know, if it works for Faye, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it, right? I don't really care what my child or children call their teachers as long as it's with respect and the teacher allows it. To be honest though, I do feel a little bit bad for Kevin. If he's used to calling other teachers Miss this or Sir or Mr. whatever, and it's just this one teacher, Faye, that he has to change for, I don't think he should be marked down for that. I'm not sure if he is, but I don't know. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? For Faye, I get that. She wants to be called by Faye. And by the way, this, the mother does not need to be involved in this at all. This is clearly a Karen. However, for Kevin, 
I don't know. Seems a little bit harsh. Yes, even though the teacher is telling him, call me this. I don't know. He might feel like he has to call you Miss Betancourt or Mademoiselle Betancourt. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't, I wouldn't blame necessarily Kevin here, but for Karen getting involved, yes, there is absolutely no need. And now for our final entitled parent story of this episode. Entitled mother tried to reduce my pay for attempting to seduce her husband. I started babysitting families in my church growing up. Between the ages of 12 to 16, I babysat for over 30 families and I was highly requested in that community. I knew everyone and I attended that church since I was four. Everyone knew me, I knew everyone, very tight knit. So I babysat for a family we will call the Smiths. I knew that family since I was 10 and they had children that were younger than me. I helped with these kids for children's mass. Now I knew the family and we were kind of close because I was one of the kids helpers in a class unit. Plus, we all knew each other from the church and school. Now, I'm 13-ish when this happened. I babysat for this family, the Smiths, and it was going good. They had a pool in their backyard, and the dad had told me to pack a bathing suit. He said, The kids will probably beg you to swim with them, if you don't mind, but you don't have to. So, I babysat these kids for about five hours. Knowing that four hours in, the husband would come home to take a work call. Then he'd help with the kids and my parents would take me home. 20 minutes before the dad gets home, the kids want to swim. I agree and we all get ready. I'd chosen a normal bathing suit for a 13 year old, but I had a larger chest than others my age and the mum of these kids. Now the dad comes home and asks if things are all good. I tell him yes and he tells me he'll find us when he's done with his work call. It's about 5 p.m. and he comes out and asks to take another call. He asked to take a picture to send to his wife to let her know that I'll watch the kids for longer since he had another call. TLDR, all went well till the wife shows up. Everything goes good and the kids are having a blast. I help dry them off, help them shower and change as the wife gets ready to take over and the husband has started making dinner. I was in my oversized shirt bringing the kids downstairs when the wife signals to me. She pulls me aside and begins to shame me. She tells me I won't be getting paid from 4 p.m. to 5.45 p.m. for dressing like a slut in an attempt to stray her husband from me. What? That my choice of swimsuit was slutty and she should have known better not to trust me. That I was a, I don't know if I can even say that word, and that my breasts would get me nowhere in life and I was going to be odd dressing like that. Okay, wow. I was flabbergasted because I'm barely 13 at the time and I wasn't wearing a revealing swimsuit. I nod and profusely apologize because I wore this to the pool and never had any problems and me and my bestie had matching ones. I was sobbing hysterically. I took my money and sat on the porch waiting for my mum to pick me up. I hear yelling inside. The dad comes out and gives me $50 and goes back to yelling at his wife inside the house there's also some extra information at the bottom of this they filed for divorce because she was having an affair with another guy she later revealed this information to another family that i babysat for and they told me that the wife was insecure about her chest the dad was not a pedo and his kids are doing great oh my goodness well I don't want to say save the best till last, but let's just say save the most extreme till last. Uh, goodness me. Imagine being that insecure about yourself that you're getting jealous of a 13-year-old child. I mean, I don't quite know what to say other than that is actually so embarrassing that it's, it's bordering on 
abusive because you're, you're telling a 13 year old that they're going to get hard if they wear stuff like that. I mean, that's that's not really just insecure, is it? That's very harmful to someone's future. It appears that we are back. Now, I didn't expect to be back in this costume anytime soon. Uh, great. If you are watching on YouTube, you will see exactly what I'm wearing right now. That's right. I'm back in the wig, the sunnies, and the horrible red lipstick. I'm not gonna lie, I think I've done a worse job even than last time. It's not even close to just being on my lip. Like, it's all over my chin. I mean, it's truly disgraceful. And that's why I absolutely love it. Guys, the reason I'm wearing this is because I promised you lot that if we hit £5,000 on my charity fundraiser, I'd do one more special extended episode wearing the full Karen costume. And uh, yeah, you guys absolutely smashed it over five and a half thousand pounds raised insane stuff don't worry guys i'm gonna get to those final donation shout outs at the end of this episode but for now this is gonna be a special one an extra long episode where you're gonna see me wearing this the entire time in the corner of the screen if not on the entire screen with three fantastic entitled parent stories to come strap in this is gonna be a wild ride and also if you are not watching on youtube and you're on a podcast platform trust me you're gonna want to jump over to youtube this face right here is not one that you want to miss. Link is down in the description. Here we go. You want my dog? Well, I think it's fairly safe to assume that I've lost a couple of friends over this, but it wasn't me that did it. This weekend, a friend of mine asked me to keep an eye on her two kids while she and her hubby went away for the weekend for some couple time. Her mother was initially going to watch the kids, but fell through on short notice. She called me at 3pm on Friday to come over in three hours, and my friend knew I probably wasn't doing anything, which was both hurtful and accurate. I said sure. She's got two kids, a girl who is eight and a boy who is five. They're good kids for the most part. The boy has a little bit of a snitching problem and the girl has a sharing problem, but it's two days. So I show up Friday after work while my friend gives me the rundown and her husband tells the kids he will beat them with their sibling if they're bad. The kids were unimpressed. The parents leave and it's just me and the kids in the house and it's immediate pandemonium. The brother snitches on his sister for taking an extra cookie. The sister cries to me that her brother touched her switch and I make the executive decision that they've got too much energy and if they're tuckered out, they'll hopefully chill. So I ask the kids to track down bathing suits because we're going to my gym, which has a pool and a guest policy. I did let mum know what we were up to before we left and asked if it was okay if I brought my dog over. He doesn't shed and is house trained. She said that was fine. Let me just rearrange the wig real quick oh sorry hair and uh, we'll carry on operation pool was a great success though the locker room got a bit dicey there's a whole other story there once everyone was appropriately tired including me we made a pit stop on the way back to the house to grab my pooch he's extremely well behaved and loves kids and both kids were immediately all about the dexter and the dexter was all about the kids ground rules no pulling on his fur and he goes where he wants the kids kind of struggle with the notion that a dog is not a toy. I obviously kept him out of places where he wasn't supposed to go, but I'm a grown-up, allegedly. Miraculously, after the swim and chasing the dog around the house, that left the kids too pooped to pop, and both fell asleep watching a Disney film on the TV. After the movie, I woke the kids up to trot off the bed and didn't make them brush their teeth. For the record, the son did indeed yeet me under a bus when mummy called in the morning. I told the kiddos that if they left their door open, Dexter might sneak in and give them cuddles. I increased the likelihood of this by sleeping on the couch and not leaving him a spot. 
He expressed his displeasure with me by flouncing off and going into the boys room to sleep great success saturday we went for a hike in the morning had a nap and then played ball with the dog and generally had a pretty chill day diffused the sharing issue by explaining to the girl that the pup has feelings and wants just like any person and she can't control him that way she appeared thoughtful and then immediately started yelling at her brother for hogging the dog again at least she wasn't mad at the dog i successfully heated up the casserole that mum had left me for dinner following her carefully laid out instructions admonished the kids to not give him people food and was soundly ignored i did draw the line at a couple morsels from each kid and put my foot down more than that and he's gonna get the runs and nobody wants that that night i made sure sister got a turn by again hogging the couch and also closing the boy's door since he got a turn already the girl was smug the boy made me call his mum Mum wasn't happy that my dog was in her kids beds i reminded her that he doesn't shed and can't smell worse than the kids and her daughter might burn the house down with us inside if she doesn't get a turn Mum accepted defeat saturday night was again relatively peaceful ah sorry i've had to stop there she's got hair in my mouth saturday night was again relatively peaceful though toothbrushing did happen and what norm so normally right i would have a break after reading a little bit and have a drink and you know kind of refresh the mouth i don't even want to put my lips on my drink now what, what do i do i just we just have to carry on with a dry mouth i, I can try but like I just it's just gonna be strawberry lipstick i don't even i honestly don't want to but i'm gonna have to Yeah, it, it just tastes of strawberry as well. Does that ruin the lipstick? I don't care. Okay, that's. I'll just leave that there and carry on. Early Sunday morning, I got woken up by having my dog step on my testicles, which is a thing he's really good at. And he was mad at me for not leaving any room. I made room. Apparently, the girl tried to do something he didn't like and he noped out of there. She wasn't happy about that, but was appeased by my pain enough to go back to bed. This morning was relatively chill. Some more playing with the dog and some team tug of war, and mum and dad got back around lunchtime and thanked me for keeping their kids in one piece. The kids said bye to the pup, and there were tears, and I loaded up myself and my dog and went back home to enjoy the relative peace and quiet. Yeah, I wish it ended there. Maybe an hour after we got home, I get a phone call from a very frazzled sounding mum with kids crying in the background. She says, they need my dog now. I'm sorry, what? You don't need a dog, you need my dog? Like, I don't need to come back and visit soon, you just want him? Well, the kids got so attached and they won't stop crying about missing the dog and her and her husband don't have time for two kids and a puppy and more guilt-inducing word vomit that was having precisely zero effect on me. Absolutely not. Click. Still getting texts about being reasonable and you have time to train a new dog. 48 hours of free babysitting isn't enough. You want my dog too? not in this lifetime now thankfully we do have some dog tags so for those of you watching on youtube enjoy this cute little pup however there is also an update and some clarification the parents did offer to pay me for my time over the weekend but the rate for two full days of childcare was kind of a lot and they don't have a lot of disposable income it was an emergency and i had nothing better to do with my time i told them not to sweat it well that is very nice of you my pup is chipped and still sleeping off his big weekend but he's going nowhere solo and i do have cameras up i'm gonna sneeze i'm getting so much hair on my schnoz Ugh. 
How do people deal with this haircut, honestly? I also texted my friend's husband, asking him what the frick happened and why does his wife want my dog this morning? He replied back with a lot of question marks, genuinely hoping that sanity breaks out and we can move past this. But ain't nobody pup-napping my dog. Also, for those curious about the story of what happened at my gym's locker room, wow, Opie has left a story, which, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Now, before we do, I uh, just want to give my brief thoughts on that story so far. Crazy set of entitled parents, but I'll be honest, my focus at, po- at points there was more just on there and it not going into my strawberry-lipped mouth. Uh, so, uh, you know, forgive me if my full attention wasn't on that story. What I will say, though, is, yeah, crazy parents. The fact of the matter is, this woman has given you 48 hours of free childcare. That is insane. I mean, how much money have you saved there? Hundreds of dollars or pounds or whatever currency it is. But yet you say, no, my children can't just get over the fact that they're going to miss a dog. Shock. Children miss things when they get taken away from them. Who would have known? Instead, we're going to need you to come back, give us your dog and leave. Sounds pretty reasonable. Okay, then now for the gym story. This is a family locker room for families. So to recap, I was placed in possession of a pair of kids, an eight-year-old girl and five-year-old boy on turbo short notice over the weekend. On Friday, as soon as the parents left, pandemonium reigned and I knew I needed to get the energy out of the kids or I'd be dead by Sunday. So I had them collect bathing suits and we all went to my gym, which has a guest policy and a pool. I got the kids signed in as my guests for the evening and I asked a bit uncomfortably what the correct thing to do would be, given I was in charge of a boy and a girl. The girl at the front desk laughed a little at me and said that the family locker rooms were down the same hallway as the women's locker rooms. It felt very, very odd walking down the forbidden hallway, but true to her word, there were two big doors. One that said families and one that said women. The boy kid really wanted to wander into the women's locker room, which got vetoed almost immediately. We get in there and there's stools inside for changing. Basically a closet with a changing room door on it. Me being hyper aware that anything going even slightly wrong in relation to someone else's naked child is a very, very bad place for misunderstandings, decided that we'd take turns. The girl would go first, get out of her clothes, change into her suit, and then come and hang with me while her brother did the same. And then, when it was my turn, I'd best be seeing two pairs of ankles under the door the whole time, or someone's getting left in the locker room hung by their bathing suits. Now, happily enough, nothing went wrong. On our end, anyway. Unfortunately, while the girl was changing, a mum and her son came into the family locker room and looked confused. Why are you and your son just standing there? She says. Oh, I'm just watching the kids and his sister is changing. They're not my children. I figured this was safest for everyone, I say, thinking, oh God, no, please, it's Friday. But she rears back in shock, raises her voice and says, and now I have the perfect attire for this. They're not your children? Nope, I just borrowed them so their mum could get some alone time with dad. At this point, the little dude is hiding behind me and the clothing rustling from the little girl has stopped. Mom, I'm just trying to get them changed and into the pool. I can't take a little girl into the men's locker room, I say, thinking that I'm not exactly comfortable in there myself. I can't imagine it would go well with a little girl. This is a family locker room for families, not for babysitters. And who thought you were mature enough to watch two kids on their own? I'm getting you removed. She then yanks her child out behind her to go and yell at someone at the front desk. Um, I can't lie. This is very itchy now. The boy tugged on my pants and looked up at me. 
I think that lady is crazy. I looked down at the little dude and nodded, but made a shush sound and told the girl to get changed pronto. The woman didn't come back in and the kids didn't wander off while I was getting changed. We had a great time in the pool and I didn't see the kid or his mum while we were in the pool or after. I don't know what happened. There was a different desk attendant when we left. And there we go. That is the conclusion of that story. I mean, I thought that the original on its own was bad enough. You're having to deal with someone literally trying to steal your dog. But during that same weekend, you had to deal with another entitled parent, another Karen. I mean, I know I'm dressed like this, but wow. That sounds terrible. I will say, fair play to getting through it, OP. Great set of stories. But uh, yeah, for now, we're going to carry on. What? This honestly feels like more difficult than last time. Has the hair gotten longer or something in the cupboard? It feels... Look at this. Why is it so long and so sexy at the same time? Now for our next entitled parent story. Entitled mum thinks adults only doesn't apply to her kid at resort pool. Gets removed by staff. My husband and I are currently vacationing at a five-star hotel. There are two separate pools, one for kids, families, and the serenity slash quiet one for adults. 21 plus is enforced. Both pools are very clearly marked as such by large signs placed around the perimeters of each. We've been here for a few days and it's been literal paradise. We've not run into many families or kids and those that we did were exceptionally well behaved and attended to by their parents. Until today. We went to the adult pool and got set up on two chairs. The pool was in front of us and the hot tub was behind us. It was a tad chilly, so we ventured over to the hot tub where we saw a kid, about seven, playing with a load of Star Wars toys on the steps. Call me a Karen, I don't care, but this set me off. We came to this resort specifically because of the two very separate pools with enforced rules. I wanna relax. I don't feel like hearing screaming kids on vacation. You know what? I will call you a Karen, but not really. That is actually completely fair. I went over to the attendant stand and asked if the hot tub was for families. And if so, was there an adults only hot tub that we might be directed to? I knew the answer. I just didn't want to come across as too aggressive. I was told that the hot tub was indeed for adults only. So I proceeded to tell both pool attendants that there was a child in the hot tub and I didn't know if his parent was nearby. Guys, both pool attendants were basically like, heck no and walked very fast over to the hot tub and told a woman who was apparently the mother, the entitled mum, of the child that it was adults only and they had to leave. The kid was told to get out. Crying and screaming ensued and he and the mum then just sat on the chairs. But wait, there's more. After about five to 10 minutes, they were still sitting on the chairs in the adult area and again, the attendant came over and informed them that the area was adults only and they're not even allowed to sit there even if they're not actively using the hot tub. The entitled mum was fuming. She angrily packed up their stuff and both were ushered out of the adults area. I suspect they were there because the kids pool area was super busy and the entitled mum didn't want to deal with other kids and or couldn't score a chair. We tipped the attendants generously on our way out and are already planning our next vacation here. I wish more businesses would realize that not everyone wants to co-mingle with families and their kids. Yeah, you know what? That's completely fair. And I have to say, I have to say big respect to the hotel and the staff for really enforcing their rules. It's one thing having these rules set up on the website and enticing people like UOP to go there in the knowledge that hopefully at least things will be separated. You'll be able to have your alone time while families and kids can, you know, enjoy themselves in the same place, but in a different location, but actually doing it and, and being this quick to say, no, this is wrong. You know, we, we've said all this stuff. We have to enforce it. That's another thing. And that's really good to see. I rate it. And yes, just to uh, 
just to be completely 100%, you're definitely not the Karen here. You've paid for this entire experience, which has said that you're going to be separated from kids and, and families, and you're not having that, that experience. Of course, you're allowed to say, can something be done here? And it duly was. Oh, and you know what? There are actually a couple of interesting edits to this one. The best part is that this particular hotel has kids programming all day, a kids club, and the kids and family pool is actually much bigger and nicer than the adults pool. It also has kids water attractions, like ones you'd see at a splash pad, a huge bucket that spills water, water guns, fountains, bubblers, etc. Why would you not be there? Oh, I know because the mother is an entitled selfish jerk who didn't care about her kids enjoyment or that of the adults around her and amazingly another edit too by the way i've got to say that makes complete sense and completely explains why the mother was in the area she was in it happened again today we were at the adult pool again this morning and a mother pushing a stroller with another kid in tow tried to sneak in the side entrance of the adult pool area not so fast the same attendant from before stopped them and escorted them out so fast their heads must have been spinning the kids pool is absolute madness right now with it being mother's day and there aren't many chairs left so i'm guessing she thought the rules don't apply to her this amazing attendant will be getting another generous tip today that once again is amazing to see and now for our final entitled parent story of this episode now this one is a little bit more serious than the others just word of warning my mother's husband acts like he has rights to see my daughter. I, a 21-year-old woman, made the decision to cut my stepfather out of my life completely. I also made the choice that he will not be seeing my daughter, period. He was so abusive to me growing up and pretended the abuse didn't happen. He constantly gaslights me. He mentally and emotionally abused me. When I was having mental problems, my stepdad convinced my mother I was lying. He'd call me names and make fun of me for not knowing how to do things that I wasn't taught how to do. He'd tell me how stupid I am. He'd make fun of me for being autistic and bipolar. He would do or say things to purposefully provoke me. He would say, I wish you would hit me, fight me, what's up? Thing is, I never challenged him to a fight. I'd defend myself from further injury and he would tell everyone that I hit him, that I started a fight with him. Keep in mind, I was a five foot five, 120 pound girl. He would physically abuse me. He'd punch and slap me in the face, shove me against walls. He'd thrown things at me. He told me that he wishes my attempt succeeded. Oh my goodness me. He would always exclude me from family outings and going out places. I was excluded from everything. I got awards from an art show and he claimed that I was showing off and was angry that I was trying to hang them up inside my bedroom and demanded that instead I throw them away. He was upset because I had awards and my sister didn't. He told me that it's not fair that I'm rubbing those awards in her face because she didn't win any. My sister was his favorite. Anything she wanted, she got. I was stuck with old clothes that didn't fit while my sister got new books, new makeup, new clothes, new shoes, you name it. She was the golden child I was forgotten about. Every time I had plans with my mother, he'd force her to cancel them so she could go with him. She chose men over me. Now, I had a daughter in February. I love her so much and I want to protect her. My mother asked when I would let him see the baby. I made it clear that wasn't happening. He's angry that I won't let him see her. He said to my mum, if I can't see her, then nobody else can. Oh my God, that is so scary. It's not fair that she's excluding me when I provided food, clothes, and a roof over her head. She owes me. She was a difficult child to raise. Now, I wasn't difficult. I had mental issues that weren't taken seriously or diagnosed. I went through a lot of trauma. 
that my family denied even happening. My stepdad went on Facebook and talked about how I'm excluding him and that I'm an ungrateful brat. He had family reaching out to me to get over the trashy things that he'd done. He'll never see my daughter though. He will never see me again. He is cut out of my life forever. There we go, guys. That is going to do it for a few hours of the very best entitled parent stories of the past few months. Really hope you enjoyed that one. If you did and you want more from me right away, well, check out the links down below in the description for even more entitled parent stories. If you're new to the channel, subscribe, follow on whatever platform you're on, and I'll see you tomorrow for some brand new Reddit content. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.